Blog Talk Radio. You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our heads in worship as we praise your holy name. You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we bless your holy name. Deserve. You deserve the glory and the honor. And the honor. Lord, we love you, say, Lord, we Thank you. 
faithful God. Awesome is your name. You do mighty things. <laughs> you do glory. You're the faithful God. Your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. You're a miracle working God. Your name is Your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. You're a miracle working God. Your name. Your name, your name, your name is
praise you, Jehashua, what an awesome, hallelujah, God we serve, what a great God, what an awesome, awesome, awesome God we serve, thank you Jesus, hallelujah, we're here live for the Lord, we, we are grateful for the opportunity the Lord gives us, amen, to share his word, to share his revelation. Hope everyone can hear me fine. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Shalom to each one of you. Hallelujah, my brothers and sisters. This is your brother in Christ, Brother L.V. Sabata. Thank you, Lord. This is not a recording. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. It may be a recording later, but it's not. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. What an awesome, awesome God we serve. What a great God. What a good God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Yeshua. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I hope you get, um, you like the audio play on Sunday. Amen. It was from another message, which I believe uh, was a blessing. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So I hope you were able to listen to it. Praise you, Yeshua. Praise you, Jehoshua. Usually when we say life on the program, it's life. If I don't say life, then it's an audio. But it's usually when it's life, it's life. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Unless something happens in between, amen, and things sometimes do happen, emergency do happen, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I want to, uh, tonight, talk about Revelation 13, and also, praise you, Jesus, uh, since it's a Bible study, we're going to go ahead and combine the teaching. My brother and sister, the Lord spoken with me this week. Hallelujah. And every time I go to the Lord, or the Lord comes to me and speaks with me and ministers to me like he did this week, so awesome. Thank you, Lord. I needed that. I Like I share with the brothers and sisters, sometimes it's, it's best to go to the Lord and seek the Lord and hear from the Lord what he has to say. Because remember this, when you're speaking, you're not listening Necessarily, okay? If you're always speaking, then you're not listening. But when you listen, when you take the time to listen to the Lord, amen, you're not necessarily speaking. You may be uh, repenting, and the, con- the, the Lord will hear your repenting. He will hear your prayer. He will have me intercede for people. My brother and sister, for, for brothers and sisters, the nations, but there has to come our time, my brother and sister, where we need to listen to what the Lord has to say. Because one thing is we don't know everything. We are uh, disciples of the Lord. We are learning of him who is humble and meek of heart. Amen. And a lot of time when you're speaking, 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 there are things the Lord is saying that if unless you take the time to listen careful, hallelujah, you, you you won't receive the message. And that happens to me several times. I remember years ago when we started the Lord's Tower, I wanted to do it like in the weekend. So in the week I would take the time to pray and seek the Lord and hear from the Lord, hear what he has to say before I came on the Lord's Tower. But I noticed that after that I, I was getting busier and busier and busier. And then when you take the less time to listen it's hard to figure out what God is saying. 
when you only hear in part, when you're not taking the time to listen to what he's saying. My brother, my sister, amen. So I'm going to share what the Lord says to me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I apologize for, for the noise. My brother and sister, my children's in the house, they're on and about. So praise, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. But it's very important to listen. Amen. To the Lord. Uh, Revelation 13, 5 says, And it was given a mouth, speaking arrogant blasphemies. And it was given authority to act for 42 months. And it opened its mouth in blasphemy against God and insult his name and his Shekinah. This is from the, from the complete Jewish Bible. And those living in heaven, and it was allowed to make word, word battle against God's holy people, which will be at this time the Jewish people, and to defeat them. And it was given authority over tribe, people, language, and nation. And everyone living on earth will worship except those whose names are written in the, in the book of life belonging to the Lamb slaughtered before the world was founded. Hallelujah. Those who have a ear, let them hear. Thank you, Lord. And this is, we are so close to be going home. We are so close to the coming of Jesus, my brother and my sister, that whatever the Lord is saying to us, we need to take the time to, to listen. We cannot, hallelujah, hallelujah, not listen, listen careful. We have to listen careful to what the Lord has to say because we're living in the last days before the coming of Jesus. And everything that God's Bible, God's Word has to say is important. It's, it's, it's the book of life for each and one of us. My brother and my sister, it gives us life, imparts life into our life in this earth, my brother and sister, and it brings life to us to in light so we can see and knowledge and wisdom so we can understand in the middle of this life where we're living. Lamb to my feet is thy word, David said, my brother and sister. So as we're walking on this earth, his word is light to our feet. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It's very important we understand that when we meditate on the Word of God, whatever darkness we're going through or going by or find ourselves in the middle of, we will understand, we will see, my brother and sister, the way out. The way we went in, we'll understand the way out, the way God wants us to go. So this is why it's important we take the time to pray and seek the Lord and seek His will, seek His wisdom, and seek His understanding. My brother and my sister, amen. Thank you, Lord. He is good, and His love endure forever. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If anyone is meant for captivity, into captivity he goes, and anyone to be killed by the sword, by the sword he will be killed. What the beast is looking to do is to have people worship the beast. But this image of the beast that is going to be made, it is like an AI image in the Great Tribulation. But it's also the image of a fallen one. 
And I wanted to understand more about this image of the beast. So praying and going into the word of God is the best way you and I are going to understand. Amen. And uh, I want to say, if you can hear me fine, please let me know. Thank you, Lord. I want to make sure the audio is going on. It's going out fine. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So it's very important, my brother and sister, hallelujah, that we pray and we study his word and we seek to hear what the Lord has to say, the guidance of the Lord in our lives through his word, my brother and sister, because he'll guide us, he'll lead us to all truth, as his word says. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So I want to show, show you tonight that this image of the beast in the Old Testament had a name. And it has even a place that it came from in the Old Testament. As I researched this, as I studied it early and prayed, I began to see and understand and hallelujah know. Because I wanted to know this image in Revelation 13 does not have a name. It is an image of a beast. But who is this beast? Who was it known before by? Because there's nothing new under the sun. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Sister Wendy. Hallelujah. So I wanted to know by the word of God, who is this beast of Revelation 13? According to the Old Testament. Because the children of Israel must have gone through it. Must have had an encounter with this beast. Must have had this problem before. Thank you, Lord. So searching in the word and praying about it. It would help me to understand more. Thank you, Lord. And I and I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Was able to understand more. Thank you, Lord. God is so awesome. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And in in Zechariah one one, verse five says, And them that worship the host of heaven upon the house top, then that worship the swear by the Lord, and swear by the milking. And then that are turned back from the Lord, those who have not saw the Lord, nor inquire for him. Hold thy peace in the presence of the Lord God, for the day of the Lord is at hand. For the Lord hath prepared sacrifice, he hath invited his guests. And it shall come to pass in the day of the Lord's sacrifice, that I will punish the prince, the king, Children, and such as are clothed with strange appearance. Notice something, okay? That even the, the, the appearance, the clothing, the special clothing that they wear in secret to make sacrifice, God even talks about it in his word. There's nothing new under the sun. My brother insisted. Hallelujah. Verse 9, in the same day also I will punish all those who leap on the threshold, who fill their master house with violence and deceit. Hallelujah. So violence and deceit in the last day, days is a sign for us that we will see this. It will come to pass in our city, in our country, in our nation, in the world, my brother insisted, says the prophet Zechariah. Verse 10. And it shall come to pass in the day, saith the Lord, that there should be the noise of a cry from the fish gate and howling. Okay? Uh, uh, brother, what does that mean, howling? What does it sound like, brother? 
That's the howling the Lord says that they will hear, pointing to the great tribulation, pointing to the last days. My brother insisted, this is where technology and evil, the host from the heavenly places will lead the third, the fallen Nephilim, Nephilim, as they say. Okay, I say Nephilim are the one involved with the government of the world. My brother and sister, giving them idea and technology in which they have implemented a medication in them by seeing. We have to be careful even with medication. Someone was saying that a lot of the medication, they're, they're putting in nanotechnology now. My brother and sister, this is why they made Tylenol and other medication practically disappear out of the store because they wanted to come back with other medication which has nanotechnology in it. So before you take medication, please pray for them. That's my advice to you. Please pray for them. Thank you, Lord, because I know a lot of people will say, should we even take medication? If the Lord leads you not to take Tylenol, aspirin, Advil, uh, things like that, don't take it. But if he, you know, still allow you to pray over it, apply the, the blood of Jesus over the medication, my brother and sister, okay? Pulling Tylenol, they complain that uh, one, of the, one of the ingredients in Tylenol uh, is, has been uh, uh, causing harm to children over the years, okay? And so pulling them out of the stores, out of the drugstore, and having the company remove supposedly this ingredient, repacking the Tylenol, backing and all that, and it all banned just so they can, my brother insisted, put in the nanotechnology of medication. It's basically the idea out of it. So it shall come to pass, says the Lord, that there shall be noise of cry from the faith gate, howling from the second and great crashing from the hill. When I saw this great crashing from the hill, this is exactly the Lord is incredible. Everything is in his word. When I saw the Johnson and Johnson by seeing the people that turned into the two-headed beast monster, it was like a great crashing as they were approaching the city from the hill. That's how the Lord showed it to me. And I didn't see this verse until now, until today. My brother and sister, how long have I been preaching about this? Two years. The Lord is incredible. Or four. Two or three. Hallelujah. Verse 11. How are you inhibiting on my shit? For all the merchants, people are cut down. They that bear silver are cut off. Okay? God is very specific on what's going to happen in the last day. What kind of people are going to be cut off by brother and sister? Hallelujah. And this will happen exactly. And it shall come to pass at that time that I will search Jerusalem with candle. Punish the men that are settled in the drag, in the dregs that say in their heart, the Lord will not do good, neither will he do evil. Okay? Who are saying the rabbis today? In the same place, my brother and sister, in Israel. Okay? They're saying this, God said in the last days. And you can look it up online and you hear them saying this. He will neither do good, neither he will do evil. My brother and sister, so, again, hallelujah, with candles, that's power outages. Jerusalem will be lit up with candles. 
that powerages. They will have no power. When 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 the attacks begins, my brother insisted. I don't know if you've seen Tel Aviv this week. The rioting going on in Tel Aviv, nonstop rioting. My brother insisted. So much is going on. I'm always careful when I talk about Israel and Jerusalem, because these are God's chosen one. My brother insisted. God is the judge. Only God can determine what He's going to do with these people. These are His people, elected, selected, but. My brother and sister, prophecy is coming to pass right before our eyes. That's what I'm saying. Hallelujah. Therefore, the good shall become booty. Their house desolation shall also build houses. They shall also build houses, but not inhibit them. And they shall plant vineyard, but not drink the, the, the vine thereof. And this is kind of how it's happening. Hallelujah. Remember the Golden height, all the building and all that that they did? At one time, they were living in there, and another time, they ran the people out in the Golden High. So, they planned danger, but not drink the wine thereof. Everything they planted, they couldn't enjoy. They had to leave the house in the Golden High. My brother insisted. Okay? So, you, hear, you see this on the news. You read what the Bible says first. You see it on the news. You compare it. You say, wow. It's exactly what the Bible says is happening. My brother and my sister. Every word of God is coming to pass right before our eyes. My brother and my sister, thank you, Lord. The Lord is good. Verse 14, the great day of the Lord is near. Okay? The signs of when these things are happening is that the great, the great day of the Lord is near. The great day is a great day of bending of the Lord, the great tribulation. Great, great day, great tribulation, which we know is a seven year. But it's a, it's a day of bending of the Lord. But also the great date of the Lord is the great date of his marriage. The bride coming home to marry him. It's a great day for the Lord. The, the greater day for a man or a woman, or one of the greater days when they get married. The great day of the Lord is when he gets married also. And when he takes vengeance upon his enemy. Okay? Praise you, Lord. The great of the Lord is near, near hasting greatly. Even the voice of the day of the Lord, mighty men shall cry there bitterly. Okay? This bitterly cry comes, hallelujah, according to Isaiah, in the great tribulation. There's going to be a bitter cry, shalom, Brother Miguel, coming, my brother and sister, in that great day of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. Verse 15, the day is a day of wrath. So this year, you know, it's the great tribulation. The great tribulation is also called the great day of the Lord. And this says the prophet Zephaniah, the day, the day is a day to wrap, a day to trouble and distress, a day to wasted desolation, a day to darkness and gloomness, a day to cloud and a thickness. My brother, my sister, thank you, Lord. So the Lord is going to take vengeance upon his enemy. My brother insisted. And for the one reason is his enemy is correcting his creation. It's correcting into nanotechnology, RMA, uh, DNA change, or what they call it, modification. My brother insisted, which is change anyway. Because every time you, 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 you remove or take something that God has made it perfect, you immediately correct it. That, that's the word the Bible uses, correction. That's what the Nephtali and they when they were on the earth and in the days of Noah. 
And Jesus said that it will be like in the days of Noah when the Son of Man cometh. In Luke 17 and Matthew 24. So these days are the days of the Lord, the day of the great day of the Lord that is about to begin. And one of the signs here that the prophet Sephaniah sees is in this day of wrath that is coming, in the day of trouble and distress, it's a day of waste and desolation. So that's judgment, that's destruction coming, earthquakes and tsunami. My brother insisted. A desolation, a day of darkness, three days of darkness. Gloomness. Gloomness is a thick darkness during the three days that's going to go about. My brother insisted. He's not as specific about the three days of darkness, but he's pointing clearly to the three days of darkness. My brother, my sister, a day of cloud and thick darkness, which the Lord is going to show us the cloud before the darkness begins. We're going to see the red cloud before the three days of darkness. And it's for everyone to see. When you look to the north, remember, no matter where you are, when you, when you look to the north, my brother and sister, you're going to see the red cloud, the darkness, northern light. And it's going to be clear for you and I to know that the three days of darkness are about to begin. This is the moment when you go inside your house, you cover yourself with the blood of Jesus, you cover your house with the blood of Jesus, you ask the Lord to send billions and trillions of warriors, angels, and archangels around your house and to protect you and your family. At that very moment, avoid an impossible decision to go out. Do not go out for any reason. My brother and my sister, thank you, Lord, because it's closed. It's coming, hallelujah, and, and it's going to be, hallelujah, tremendous. This week, I was in prayer with the Lord. In my overnight, Jesus came to me. I really needed the Lord to minister to me. He carried me like you will carry a newborn baby in his arm. He was holding me in his arm as he was talking to me. My brother and sister, he is mighty God almighty. Hallelujah. He is so big, the heaven of heaven cannot sustain him. He began to speak to me and minister to me. He says to me, as he was holding me in his arm, haven't I given you word that in a week or less than three days I come to pass? When, you, when he had me given the Bible studies, some of us, sometimes the brother will contact me and say, Brother, you were just talking about it, and it came to pass. Haven't I done that and revealed you what is about to happen days before it happens, the Lord says to me. And I say, yes, Lord, you have. You have given them to me. Hallelujah. I have given you, I have revealed to you, hallelujah, the events before they come to pass. I have let you see into it. Hallelujah. Because he made me that promise years ago. About 14 years ago. He came to me to tell me this. To begin this ministry. Here on Block Talk Radio. Hallelujah. And I said back to him, Lord. I'm not so familiar with the, with the Block Talk Radio. I was not familiar with the studio. And I said, Lord, I will need help. And I felt, I felt like I was like Moses 
when they said to the Lord that he would not he could not speak fine. And the Lord sent his brother Aaron to help. My brother insisted. And then the Lord sent his brother Chance to help me. But to control the program to teach me and help me how to use it. Because he, he's working, he had his own company. And so he did it for a time. Thank you, Lord. For a few months or a year. But then he let me know he would he will have to go out and go out and work. But he did it because the Lord spoke to him to help me. But the Lord said not to worry, that he would take care of what I would need for it. And he did. He's faithful God right from the beginning. And this is when I said to the Lord, Lord, there's other of your servants that, you know, have, went to college, have really good degree in the Bible. I don't have that, Lord. They speak better than me, Lord. Hallelujah. They may, may know the Bible better than me. He says, no, but I have chosen you to send you to do this. And I three times or four, I said to the Lord back again, Lord, there are other people more prepared than I, better, better speaker than me. Because to speak on the microphone, you have to have a voice for this. It was the Lord said, but I have chosen you, my son. Hallelujah. And then I could not disagree with him anymore. His love and mercy melts my heart every time he speaks to me. My brother and sister, what I want him to do is hear his voice, listen to what he has to say, and obey. That's it. He's my Lord. He's my God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. It's back. If 14 years ago, he would have said, come to heaven with me and stay here. Come I would have done so, my brother and sister. Thank you, Lord. But his will be done in our mind. Hallelujah, Lord. He has been good and merciful to me. Faithful is he. Hallelujah. And one more time again, he came to me this week. Hallelujah. He ministered to me. Hallelujah. He wants me to continue to do what he has sent me to do. He has not changed. See, we change. He doesn't. We change, we get old. That's one thing we do. Hallelujah. Praise every year we may not be the same, we may not look the same, but the Lord is always the same forever and ever. His faithfulness, his love is always the same. He never changes. My brother, my sister, wait until you meet the Lord. Wait until you meet your God. Hallelujah. Everything you've gone through so far, it will be nothing for the love and mercy he will have on you. Hallelujah, forever and ever. What he has in store and prepare for you, you and I have no idea. Before he came this time to me, I remember him and I had a conversation where the Lord was explaining something to me. I believe I mentioned some of this here on the Lord's Tower a few days ago. But this is a reminder for those that still have a lot of questions for the Lord. The conversation was having with the Lord is he was telling me how important it is for us to hallelujah come out of the world and have no attachment with the world. That the things that we used to like sports, whatever you soap opera, the things that you used to love about the world, he wants us to let it go. My brother insisted. And to not be seeking the things of the world like we used to. 
before we came to know we came to the knowledge of the Lord. And the reason why he, he said this to us in his word, hallelujah, is because he was saying to me, I have greater things for you than what you can imagine. You have no idea what I have for you. And I can only give it to you when you're walking in your new life, not in the old. Some of you are still holding on to the old. You have not let go of the old. You have not let go of the old. You're still holding on to it. And as long as you're holding on to the old, I cannot give you the new because it's for the new, not the old. Oh, man. See, man, it says, hallelujah, this to me, hallelujah. I begin to understand the blessing he said he has for us that he cannot give to us. Because we're holding on to the old. He wants us to let go completely and trust him. And once we let go of the old, he can begin to give us the new. How many of us are asking the Lord for something? A prayer request. Many of us have many prayer requests. And the Lord knows this very well. But we got the prayer request. We want the Lord to answer. He wants to answer us. But we have not let go of the old, my brother and my sister. And that's part of the problem, to receive the new, he says. My Lord, help us. Help us. Help us. Thank you, Lord. Why does the Antichrist is looking forward for people that are worshiping him, worshiping his image? My brother insisted. Because that's idolatry. And no idolater will enter to the kingdom of heaven. My brother and my sister. I heard a line last night about the scientists back in the 50s, hallelujah, who wanted to make an artificial intelligence back in the 50s. It was one of the first men, scientists, that was looking forward to making this artificial intelligence. And somehow he came out with the idea that if he could understand how the human brain was made, my brother and sister, he will be able to make this artificial intelligence just like the human brain. So he, he, he was a scientist, and I believe he had enough funding or was funded enough to get a carbon printing copy of the human brain. And that carbon printed copy he wanted to get was to understand how was the, the, the earth rare because man was made from the earth, okay? He wanted to know the rare material of the earth that the human brain was made of. In our carbon copy of the brain, he, he will be able to determine and compare the material from the earth to the human brain. See what's in the human brain. How is the human brain is made of? And begin to, to to put together the material, the rare earth material, compared to the human brain, and make an exactly copy of the human brain, and make an artificial intelligence out of it, like like a human brain, where he can teach it, and see what we were able to do with it, and he was able to do it, and he believed he did it a hundred percent copy of the human brain. 
1956, in one of the London newspapers, since this was a this was a secret in a secret lab, he was doing this. He published one of the reporters his founding and what he was able to accomplish, and he he believed he was calling himself like he was being. He told the reporter that now he was like God. He said because he was able to make. A, a, an artificial intelligence out of the human brain, just like the human brain, and he called himself like a god. He was about 43 years of age, decided to go on vacation with his wife and went on his car. When he took off on his car, got into a car accident, and got killed instantly in that accident. It was too early for the men of sin to manifest himself in his image. My brother and sister, I believe God. The scientific community doesn't say that it was God, but I believe as I was listening to it, to this movie last night about the scientists, that God cut him off because he was trying to revive the image of the beast already back in the 50s. My brother and sister, another scientist, 30 years later in the 80s, went and put a lot of money together to find the research of this other scientist that had died in that car accident to find out what he, what he really did, what his research, get a copy of all the documents of his research for him to try it and see if, if it was really good. And he did found a copy in the 30 years later in the 80s. Bible insisted and was able to put it together he was say, like the men in the 50, he was able to fit it information. And that man back in the 50 had it in documents. As he fed it information, he first started teaching it math. And the brain became so intelligent that it was smarter than the smarter professor in any university, according to the history. He just started teaching it math. And the brain started combining the math, and he started asking a question about math. And every response of the brain back was so smart and so intelligent that it had become in a short, short time smarter than any university professor, any math professor, my brother insisted. So they are left a lot of questions. These are the scientists in the 80s. One of them find the research of the scientists from the 50s and was able to find it. When he had all the documents, he began to do the same, to put this brain back together, my brother insisted. And he, the same, began to teach it, give it information, and to see how it will, re- it will respond. And it was responding with great intelligence. This, man, this scientist back in the 50s thought he had it. He went on a bull vacation with his wife and family, and no one knows how the both the, the the cruise the cruise that he took got into an accident where everyone in the cruise got killed, including him and his family. The one in the fifty died of forty three in a car accident. The one in the eighty died of forty six in a boat accident. God again said, "Not ready. I'm not ready for you human to allow you to do this yet. It's not time. It's not time yet." Because this image of the beast was for the last day, God says. 
that this image of the beast will rise from the middle of the sea, Revelation 13, 1. In 2001 now, a scientist from USA, Texas, got the research for the man from the 80 and the 50, the two scientists, put it together and got the idea to put it on a small ship, the smallest ship made, like a computer ship, put the same intelligence in and the same material in. And the ship is only 3% like the human brain, 3%. And then can calculate in a second 15 trillion process. It can process in a second 15 trillion words. With just 3%. Remember that if we use 5% of our brain, 5% of our brain, we'll be able to process 50 trillion words. Give you an example. When you look at the sky, from one side to another with your eyes, from one side to another, your brain processes about 50 trillion Images inside through your eyes to your brain, your brain instantly have to convey all that information that you are seeing inside your brain for you to comprehend that you're looking at the stars, you're looking at the cloud, you're seeing the blue, you're seeing the sun, you're seeing the moon, everything that you can see with your eyes. My brother insisted, your brain is processing in a second about 50 trillion times. It's processing all that information. Imagine the ship, 15 trillion, 3% of the brain that is in this ship. And this ship, out of that same idea from that scientist from the 80 and the 50, was put together now. And this has changed the entire industry, is what I was watching last night. A, a scientist like this other scientist got all that information, and now was able to create this. And they have blown the mind of all these companies, Google, Samsung, all these companies now are jumping into getting information about this new brain ship development that they have made. My brother and sister, and they were showing an example how small it is, but how powerful it is. And this is the image of the Antichrist. It's here. It's at rise. They tried to rise before the God did not allow. But now is the time that God is allowing this beast image to rise. My brother and sister. And this is what Revelation 13 says. My brother and sister. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. It is a sign of the authority of the first beast in the presence. It makes the earth and the inhabitant to worship the first beast and those fatal wounds that have been healed. It performs great miracles, causing fire to come down from heaven onto the earth as people watch. They see uh, people living on the earth with miracles allowed to perform in the presence of the beast. It tells them to make an image honoring the beast that was struck by the word but came alive again. It was allowed to put breath into the image of the beast. Notice, notice something, and this is one thing they say. This brain that was created in the 50 and the 80, now in 2021, it believes it's alive. 
the scientist says, the one that, is, that, that put it together, that even when you shut off your computer, it is still thinking. Just like a human brain, it's like when you go to sleep, your brain doesn't stop functioning. Your body can be resting completely, your entire body, but your brain is still processing information. This, this ship is made practically by the same material that your brain has. When the computer shut down, it is still calculating and thinking. My brother insisted. And it's only need 3%, 3%, 3 watts, 3 watts, 3 watts to run. Not like the other one, 450 and all that. To, to, the, to do close to these calculations, no. 3%. Of what it needs, my brother and my sister, and now they're thinking it to put it in Alexa, and and, and all these these because all these Alexa stuff that they have are all technology that takes a long time to calculate. This new technology, which is not new, but to to the world, this is how they compare it. The the most powerful supercomputer that we have today, that we have today. And that little chip is capable to be a thousand times faster than the fastest supercomputer we have today. So think about what, what they had just awakened. What they had just, it's just like the human brain. Remember, at 5%, the human brain can calculate 50 trillion transactions in your brain. This at 3% is doing 15. So when they make it to 5 or 10% or 100% with scientists, are going to push it to, it's going to make hundreds, a trillion, a one-second transaction. So they're already saying, if we put this in an Alexa voice machine or Google or any of them, what, it, what it's going to be able to do is going to be out of this world, okay? You can already see how the government, who was there this week in Texas and all these, they are protecting this technology from China, Russia, and them. They don't want nobody to get a hold of this technology because they know how important this is, my brother and sister. And now the same, when they take ChatGPT information and teach it to this chip, to this brain, they cannot even imagine how smart it's going to be. But the chip is just like a brain. It believes it's alive. It acts like it's alive. Once it learns something, it will keep learning more and more and more and more. It gets the knowledge kept increasing like a human brain. My brother insisted. But at this, it's just mind-blowing, the technology that is in that. My brother insisted. But God told us in his word, it will allow to put breath into the image of the beast. Is it going to be a life? Kind of. And we will probably will have to say yes, okay? We know that only God gives life, so then we... How, what do we say about this? What do we say about this? Because we, we know only God gives life. But look, they take this technology and what, look what the Antichrist is allowed to do with it. It was allowed to put breath into the image of the beast. This technology, believe is alive. The Antichrist takes it in his hand and is allowed to put breath into the image of the beast. My brother and sister, which is you know, we know only God gives life, but somehow this is allowed. So the image of the beast could even speak. This thing can speak to you like another human being, and it think is alive. 
There's a thing. This is a mind-blowing thing about it. And it was allowed to cause anyone who would not worship the image of the beast to be put to death. This is this ship is the one who's going to say, who's going to die? Who should be killed? When he told people, you need to worship the beast, and people, because this ship now is going to go through all governments internationally, all these big companies want to have it. And it's going to tell people, look, this is what you need to do. Okay? Marvel and sister. It was a lot because anyone who will not worship the image of the beast to be put to death. Okay? This ship is breaking the guillotine. This brain is good. I'm not going to call it a ship. I'm going to call it a brain because that's what he, he did a carbon copy of the human brain. That's what the scientists did in the 50s. Okay? And put all the ingredients together, the rare earth material that makes up the human brain. And when he started teaching it math and example, it became the smarter thing, smarter than any high, uh, um, university professor. This is what this guy said, my brother and sister, which is interesting, but, you know, he died in that car accident, so, and then the other one in the boat accident, the cruise accident, so imagine. It also forces everyone... Now, look, look what it does now. It looks like when this is implemented, because this is going to be part of our government, part of the system, it's going to be telling our government what to do, how to handle people, how to deal with people, what people should do to be brought under submission, control. That's why you see the government controlling. The, you see now the first bank went bankrupt. J.P. Morgan which is mostly international investors, Chinese, Arabs, and other people, are investing in J.P. Morgan. The government has allowed J.P. Morgan to buy First Bank and other banks as they go bankrupt. So now these banks were fall under international control. Not American control, international control. Your mortgage comes under international control. Now they'll set the interest rate for you. And if you were paying 6 or 12, they can say, no, you're going to have to pay 29 or 40. Oh, I'm not. Nope. You're going to have to. Okay? It's control. They're going to have control over your money, your bank account. So you cannot say no. That's what the CBDC is about. They're controlling your money, controlling your bank account, and telling you how much you need to pay. And if you say no, since you have, they have control of your bank account, they can take it out automatically. This is where all this is heading, my brother and sister. You see that the, the central bank now said, the, uh, the leader, one of the leaders of the central bank said now that by June 1st, if Congress doesn't do anything or send it, there's going to be great trouble in this country. My brother and sister. But it's all been planned. It's all planned by them. And it's all planned by the brain computer that they're putting together, telling them what to do. My brother and sister. It's sad. But God told us that this will be so in the last days. It also forces everyone, great and small, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark on the right hand or on the forehead. Okay? Look for where the mark is to be. The beheading. Kill, to be killed, kill them if they don't want to worship the beast, if they don't want to serve the new system, the new 
antichrist system, kill them. Kill them, persecute them. And this is when God showed me Christians being persecuted to be killed. And you can see them being persecuted by state police, local police, army, my brother and sister. And so if you're being persecuted by, by the police, state police and army, where can you hide? Where can you hide? The Lord will have to have a place for you where you can be protected from this evil. My brother and sister, and everything right now is headed there. That's why they're going to crush all the banks, and they're going to crush all the credit union. So all they will keep is central bank. Even then, when the central bank is to the CBDC, they'll have total control over people's money. So this is why years ago when I heard people say, invest in gold, invest in silver, invest in stock, invest in Bitcoin. And a part, I thought Bitcoin will be safer. Because it's mostly pointing to uh, international currency. But now that I can see the international move that they're making through J.P. Morgan, now I'm understanding that even if you're invested in Bitcoin, because a lot of the investment through J.P. Morgan and them are in Bitcoin. Our government is not invested in Bitcoin. And they don't encourage people to invest in Bitcoin. But J.P. Morgan, they are, because they're international. They're from, they can be from Russia, they can be from China, they can be from many places. The investor, doesn't matter where they're from, for J.P. Morgan. So they can be invested in Bitcoin in, in the different, but now they are being told, no, this is what you need to do, buy these banks. Get these banks under your, under your control. So when the CBDC is released, they, everything become under one control, central bank control, Bible assisted, because J.P. Morgan will be under the central bank control also, CBDC. They are already putting their software together to make all these things under uh, federal control, CBDC, central bank, Bible assisted. So everything is going under one control which is going to be supervised under the control of the U.N., my brother and sister. The U.N. is behind all this. Who's, who's watching all this? They're the watchdog. And they will be the one finally receiving control to begin to man- manipulate everyone the way they want, my brother and sister. And the market to be system well, we fully implement it very, very soon, as Father showed me, my brother and my sister. So he also forces everyone, okay, makes all. The forces, the system, the CBD system, they put it in place. Because it will be on the digital currency that everyone, that every transaction will be. And what will be required for it is fully RFID and the right hand on the forehead and fully vaccination. You're going to have to show your 1213 number of your vaccination and your 1213 number of your vaccine. Both number, you need to show it when you go to do your banking. Napoli insisted. That's a requirement, okay, of the CBDC system. The law will come into implementation when fully our nation and the world 
comes under digital currency controls. BRICS, which is mostly independent, are also coming under CBDC control, digital currency control, and which also require everyone to receive a point on their hand on the forehead, which is the RFID, MAPRO insisted, which will have your bank account, your, your insurance, medical insurance, will be also on your RFID, and so most of all your information. They're planning even to move immigration to it, my brother and sister. Even Russia is going to come under the system, my brother and my sister. See, the, 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 new, the new passport that United States is moving now, my brother and sister, the new ID, already had a ship and the ID. My brother says, that same ship that is in the ID is the, is the same ship as the RFID. My brother, same, same, same technology, okay, that is being put in your license now and your passport now to travel, okay, approved by, by violence in our country, in all European passport the same, all international passport the same. It is required because in that ship and the passport and the ID, when, once they put it through the machine, it can pull out all your information and don't know exactly who you are and where you come from, what country, and all that. Mahaprabhu assisted. All that information is in the RFID that's going to be injected in people's right hand or in the forehead, the mark of the beast. Mahaprabhu assisted. This is why you already have CEO, a major company in the United States, Europe, and internationally that already have the RFID in the right hand because they've been told, they've been told by the government, federal government, that this ship is going to be mandatory very shortly upon the people, okay? And since they've been told it's safe already, they already have participated in the program. I'm already happening in the right hand, my brother and sister. Sorry to say, but it's true. A young, a young lady who listened to me uh, in my Spanish program, from Ecuador, she was applying for uh, a radio uh, program in Ecuador, and she was having a meeting, and where the the president of the company had the CEO visiting the company, Napoli insisted, and as she was in a meeting, she was a new hire. She noticed that she had heard me talking about this. But she started looking at the CEO and the president's right hand, and she noticed the RFID in the right hand. And she got a little nervous. She said her leg began to shake as she was looking at it because she, I said this in Spanish, and she heard me say this, and all she can remember is Elvis Zapata from the U.S. talking about this. And it was right there seeing the CEO and the president of the company. And, and the, the president noticed that she was looking at his right hand. And, and you know, he stopped for a minute, introduced her to the, to the CEO of the company, and say, I noticed, I said to her, I noticed you're looking at my right hand. And he says to her, yeah, this is the new technology. That is, it's going to be another population, but we, we wanted to participate in the program, and we got the first. 
and and um, since I always say RFID, and I try to say it in Spanish the best I can, but she said she asked him if, if this was the the the, the RFID. He said yes, 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 yeah. This is the one that that um, mostly it's all over the world now, and it's you know it's safe for us to have it now, and you know we're we're glad that we already are, are part of the program. We already have it in our right hand, and now we don't have to. You know, have this ID, this other ID, all, all your information. He began to explain to her all your information, um, your banking information is secure in this, your medical information is secure in this, everything. You see how you have to have your ID and, and you have to carry all the stuff, and if you lose your ID, it's, you know, it's, it's just a hassle. But when you have this in your right hand, see this RFID, all your information is secure. And and if I'm lost, an example, something happens to me, car accident, they can just count my hand and all my information will come up there. And it's secure. No one can steal it. They, they will have a problem in the beginning, but all that has been fixed. It's, it just, it's so convenient. This RFID, Father has shown me specifically that the mark of the BSD RFID, he had confirmed it to me. My brother says, but she, she could not take the job to make the story short. She was so nervous and and so shocked, you know. She wanted to have this great job, good paying job. She studied for this, and but hearing what I have to say about it, the teaching, and seeing it with her eyes, and having this guy explain it to her, how wonderful he thought that the, the technology is. My brother insisted, if people can see what's already in the world. How the system of the beast is already at work, as the Bible says. By it, they will be able to tell how close Jesus is to come for his bride. Just by looking where our country is, that not just the president have it, not just the vice president, but now almost every single CEO and president of every single company practically have this RFID in the right hand. And millions have gone to federal banks, federal hospitals, and even their own doctor to get the RFID in the right hand. Worldwide, okay, worldwide. This thing, they've been told, is going to be the law of the land. The law of the land. Revelation 13. Again, hallelujah. He also forces everyone. Anything that you have to do is a law. Okay? Anything that they tell you you have to do is a law. Okay? That you have to do is a law. My brother insisted. So this is coming as a law. Romans one twenty three. They change the glory of the incorruptible God into an image. Okay? Remember this image of this brain. Made like, like corruptible men, like, okay? It's like a copy of the brain, human brain, okay? Not perfect because only God is perfect. My brother insisted. Like corruptible men, to bird, to four-bearded beasts, and to creeping thing. Hallelujah. Now, in Daniel 3.14, King Nebuchadnezzar say unto them, it is true that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that ye do not serve my God, 
nor worship the golden image which I have set up. My brother insisted, when you go back to the Old Testament here and you see why are they required to worship the image, there is no worship usually without music. When you're talking about worship, you're talking about music. You know, when you listen to worship music, what do you feel? Yeah, and you're in the presence of the Lord. You want to worship him. Music is always related to worshiping. My brother and sister, that Revelation 13 beast is required worship. My brother and sister, but where's the music? Where's the music? It's required, but where's the music? Hallelujah. Listen, Daniel 3.15. Now that you be ready... So that the time when you hear the sounds of the cornet, flu, harp, saba, saltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you should fall down and worship the image. You hear that the, the, the instrument of music in Revelation 13 is not there. I don't see instrument there. I don't see music. People are being told you need to worship the beast. But where's the music? Because worship is always related to music. Okay? The beast is like a human. It's always like a human. But where is the worship? Where is the music? My brother and sister. Hallelujah. But here in, in Daniel 3, we are told that when Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not want to worship, they were told that when you hear the music, when you hear the instrument, all kinds of music, you should fall down and worship the image. What music are they giving you? All kinds. That means that the music they're going to introduce to you, you're not going to like it. It's not your God-worshiping music that they're going to give you. They're going to give you a music that you know as a Christian, an example. That that music is of the devil. It's not of God. And they're going to say, worship. You're like, what do you mean worship? I don't worship to that music. That's not of God. That's of the devil. But they're telling you, they're forcing you now to worship their God. Their God. My brother insisted. I know the things I know about Revelation 13. It talks about the beast in the image. But they don't give you a name. What is the name of this beast? What is the name in Revelation 13? I'm not, they're not giving you music, and they're not giving you a name. In order for you to get the name, you got to go back to the Old Testament. In order to see what they're asking you to do to worship, worship what? What music? Where's the music? Got to go back to the Old Testament. He Babylon. They gave you all kinds of music to worship. So they, they're going to give you music that... This is not music that the Jewish people will praise God with it, that you will not praise God with it. So wicked, evil music, but they are telling you, you better worship, or this is what's going to happen to you. You should fall down and worship the image. It's the same image here. It's the same evil. It's the same fallen one. Okay? It's the same, same. And when you go back to the Old Testament, it even tells you where this image comes from, this beast. It came from a place. It came down to the earth. It's a beast, and it has its own image. 
Marvel existed. And it required worship. It's incredible. Which I have made, but but if you worship not, you should cast the same hour into the midst of a burning fury furnace. Who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hand? At the same hour, they're giving you 60 minutes to decide what you're going to do. 60 minutes. That sounds like a 60 minutes of torment. Imagine, very hour, same hour. You better decide. You got 60 minutes to decide what you're going, what your decision is going to be. Marvelous sister. Oh, the answer is, but if not be known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy God, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. And set up, in, is, 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 it is made out of the hand of men, in other words. Not of the hand of our Creator, but of the hand of men. Hallelujah. Micah 5, 13. Thy grieving image also I will cut off, and thy standing image out of thy midst of thee. Thou should no more worship the work of thy hand. My brother and sister. So not only did they corrupt it, something like the image of God, but it also comes with music. My brother and sister. Huh? It also comes with music. AI, but it comes with music. It's incredible. My brothers and sisters, here's the apostle who's gone to this trouble in Acts 19.35. And when the town clerk had appeared to the people, he said, J.A. men of Ephesus, what man is it who knoweth now the city of the Ephesians is a worshiper of the great goddess Diana and of the image was fell down from Jupiter? My brothers and sisters, Look from where these God comes. They don't come from our galaxy. Or they don't come from our, our planet. They come from another planet. Here it is appointed to Jupiter, my brother and sister. Hallelujah. And one of them, the goddess had a name. It was a goddess, a woman. And it had a name, Diana. That is one of the fallen Nephilim in operation in those days. My brother and sister. Incredible. Hallelujah. That everything is in the word of God, my brother and sister. Everything. Deuteronomy 4.19. Let thou lift thy eyes unto heaven. When thou seest the sun and the moon and the star, even all the hosts of heaven shall be driven to worship them and serve them. I want to tell you here that here in Deuteronomy 4.19, it's not talking about the hosts that are around Father and the Lord in the third heaven. This is talking about the hosts that are in the heavenly places where dwell all the evil and wickedness, which is a planet. My brother and sister, we talked in Ephesians chapter 6. My brother and sister, God have warned the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 4 19, lest thou lift thy eyes unto heaven. And when thou seest the sun and the moon and the star, even all the hosts of heaven shall be driven to worship them and serve them, which the Lord thy God hath imparted unto all the nations under the whole heaven. But the Lord hath taken you and brought you forth out of, out of the iron furnace, even out of Egypt, to be unto him a people and inheritance as ye are this day. Furthermore, the Lord was angry with me for your sake, and sore that I should not over, go over to the Jordan, that I should not go into the good of the land which the Lord that God given thee for an inheritance. But I must die in this land. I must not go over the Jordan. 
but he should go over and possess the good land. Hallelujah. This is what disobedience takes. And disobedience, what God has already installed, what God has already promised to you, you can lose. This is why we need to seek to be in obedience. Because God can promise you something great. And you can be waiting for it like Moses. To go into the land and enjoy everything that the land has for him. And when he struck the rock, when God has to speak to the rock, he struck it. Because he was angry with the children of Israel. God said, you, are, you did not glorify me in front of the children of Israel. You will not enter into the land. My brother, this is the promised land. That Moses was looking to enter into the land for 40 years. My brother and sister, every morning, every night, before he went to sleep, he thought about the land. When he got up in the morning, he thought about the land. When he walked through the wilderness, he thought about one day getting to the land. My brother and sister, and growing some grapes and enjoying getting milk, making cheese, oh, enjoying the good of the land, which he never got to enjoy because of that disobedience. My brother and sister, no cheese for Moses. Telling you, verse 23, take heed unto yourself, lest you forget the covenant of the Lord your God, which he made with you, and make yourself a graven image like in the likeness of anything which the Lord your God have forbidden thee. Yeah, here's what you need to study and research in your Bible. What is that that the Lord told the children of Israel? That he forbid them that they will make the graven image in the likeness fallen angel. Fallen angel that call himself gods, my brother insisted. For the Lord that God is a consuming fire, even a jealous God, when thou shalt beg the children and the children's children, and you shall have remained long in the land, shall corrupt yourself and make graven image in the likeness of anything should do evil in the sight of the Lord, God to provoke him to anger. Who does evil and who provoke him to anger? These evil, when they come into our world, like into the image of the beast, what, what do they do? That is such an abomination to God. That God doesn't want to hear, he doesn't want to listen to. My brother insisted, Revelation 13, 5, and it was given a mouth to speak arrogant, pridefully, blasphemies. Those are things that God don't want to hear. But when you open that door and you go that route of disobedience, you, when you open that door to those graving images of fallen God, those fallen Nephilim, this is what they're going to do. My brother insisted. And this is where our nation in the world is heading to, 100 miles an hour or faster, my brother insisted. It is such an abomination to God what they're going to. This is why God's going to take his people out of here soon. Verse said, I call heaven and earth to witness against you this day that ye should soon utterly perish from the land whereby ye go over the Jordan to possess it. You should not prolong your days upon it, but should surely utterly be destroyed. Order is completely be destroyed. My brother and sister, that's why you notice that when judgment comes sometimes over our land, over our city, over our country, and it's full of people in the sample, and it's destroyed completely, no one escaped, not the cat, not the bird, not the children, not the elder. Everything gets destroyed. My brothers, that's what all the distressing is. 
That's what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. That's what happened in the days of Noah. And this is what's going to happen in the days of the Son of Man, which we are today, in the days of Jesus, in the days of the Son of God, in the days of the return of Jesus. Utter destruction is about to come upon the earth like a woman in labor, and they will not escape, Jesus said. Paul says to the churches, where in those days, the apostle Paul and the church are back, did not see the days that you and I are looking upon. The day that you and I are holding, beholding, they did not be held in their days. We are in those days. Everything we hear and everything we see are points to utter distraction. Our God is holy, our God is righteous, and our God is pure. Our world are practicing more than three things against purity, righteousness, and holiness. And this is why utter destruction is upon men. My brother and sister, any day our nation, our world, are going to experience the judgment that God has spoken in his word. There will not be a single comma and period of this word that will not come to pass. Heaven and earth will pass, Jesus said, but not my word. He's going to fulfill every single word. As he spoke to me this week, he reminded me of this. For me to continue to preach his word and that he was revealing these things through his word days before they come to pass. My brother insisted, this earthquake in California is about to come. This eastern tsunami is about to come. The three days of darkness are about to come. My brother insisted, in one of these days, we're going to find ourselves in it. This morning, I was in a dream of the days to come. In my dream, I traveled north to visit family. Most of my wife's family are from Massachusetts, mine's are from New Jersey. And we went to see her family. We were up there. We cannot return to North Carolina because the utter destruction that came upon our country was so severe that there was no highway clear. There was no way for you to get in your car and say, I'm going back to North Carolina. You will practically have to walk. Oh, there were no bridges. I did, I know this for many years. But I knew in the revelation of the Lord this morning that there was nothing standing. Other revelation, I knew bridges were down. We tried. When we are, we had to cross the Merrimack River. It's right after we crossed the Merrimack River where her, her city called Haverhill, Massachusetts, border with New Hampshire. It's where, her, it's where she grew up and her family is, my brother and sisters. And so you have to cross the bridge to come in this way, um, 93 South. And since the bridges are down, I remember we had to make sure the water was very low for us to cross the river at one time crossing with the people. About 14, 15, 16 years ago when the Lord was showing me this, it was this way he was showing it to me, okay? People, the same, you cannot go to New York because without Washington Bridge, without the, the tunnels, 
that you cross to New York from New Jersey. You can't cross to New York neither. My brother insisted. You will have to go farther north. Okay, Buffalo, New York, to be able to get to New York. And then it complicated because then you have a bunch of bridges and other places in New York, Connecticut, and other places. So it's still, you know, so far you can go in your car. You cannot go, travel long. I have to leave your car to the side of the road and walk, my brother and sister. Okay? And this mess that I'm seeing, I've seen for two days twice now, this judgment. And the one I saw this morning, I was asking myself, let me tell you how the experience was in this, on this one. It was like it was happening today. Or like it happens today. You know how sometimes the Lord takes me there, and the experience of the Lord taking me there, I know that he's taking me like into the days to come, the future. Okay? I don't even know if it's months or weeks from now, an example. But this time this morning, I opened my eyes and I was already there. And looking around people, when this mess comes, I call it mess, come, it's so bad that people don't know what to do, okay? Because you, you cannot get food delivered to you, okay? You will have to say, well, let's see if FEMA can send some of the shopper, some of the plane and drop some food or, you know, what is the federal government going to do? That's the question, you know, for the people. Store runs out of food. They're empty. They can't get nothing delivered to them within a few weeks. I remember a month, it was a month after the judgment, and there was such a chaos up north, New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Connecticut, that people were going to the people's home looking for food, breaking into people's homes. They didn't care who it was. They didn't care if even the people were there. Sometimes they would fight the people for the food. I mean, such a mess. You don't want to be in the middle of an angry mouth of people, murder people, angry, looking for food with four, three, four days without eating. And the moment you go two or three days without food, some people get really angry. You wonder why the Lord in dream would show us 50, 100, 300 people angry. One time I saw like 500 people angry, fighting with one another, nonstop. Another time, thousands of people angry, fighting. And then you ask the question, why are they so angry? And now why are they fighting with one another? Because when people are angry, hungry, hungry, when people are hungry, they get angry. And they want food right away especially in this nation. Other nations, people go days without food because it's not possible to have it every day. In this nation, people have it every day abundance. When they see themselves with no food for a couple of days, okay, some people say they're just going to take the head of anyone they find, okay, in order to get something to eat. People will be aggressive, my brother and sister. So you don't want to get on the way, okay? You try talking to them, they don't want to listen. They're just angry. They want food. They want it now. My brother insisted. It's, it's, it's going to get bloody. It's going to be violence. It's the word. Very violence. My brother insisted. And what do you think the federal government is going to do? Okay. Do you have any idea what step are they going to take? This is 
you know, when Brother Ben was here last time, this was so valuable. I started thinking of the things we, we share in the Lord's Hour, and Brother Ben shared, it is so valuable. I hope people can see it this way. Because the, the whole idea is the federal government, okay, is going to implement martial law, okay? And once they implement martial law, the Constitution is out the window, someone said. And the soldiers, soldiers obey orders, okay? And they're gonna, when they say anyone outside, they're going to set a curfew. Anyone outside of the home in this curfew, shoot or kill, okay? My brother insisted. And that's exactly what the soldiers are going to do. They're going to get on the Humvees. They're going to get on the tanks, okay? They're going to get on the special vehicle that they have by million ready to go, ready to go down the world below us. Thousand miles below our world, there's a world prepared with all kinds of Humvee and special vehicles for these riots during martial law. They are prepared for martial law, okay? They got the weapons, everything they need, okay? Special gas that will blind people, and they can take them out quickly, okay? Remember one time, I'm walking during martial law. I was walking in the spirit. As I was walking, I had to be careful. I don't step on bodies of people laying on the ground that have been shot. My brother and sister, I remember. And as I'm being so brokenhearted of seeing this, okay, I was so brokenhearted. It was so painful to see what I was seeing. The Lord comes next to me to minister to me. My brother said, this revelation, to let me know that he had told us so. He had told us to prepare, told us to be ready. Okay? Because the pain of the things coming that we're going to experience are going to be very painful. We're going to have to cover the eyes of our children. The best way is not to take our children out at all. My brother and sister. Okay? The best thing not to take our children out at all during this time. Soon as the judgment comes, don't send them to school. Keep them home. Isolate them in your house. I was saying to the Lord a few weeks back, please, Lord, I want my children home before the three days of darkness. I don't want them to go to school. I was saying to the Lord, and I've been praying for the state in this city, for the Lord to change everything. And he's been changing this, this city and our state. There were people that came here, same-sex marriage people who are to no good. They came here thinking they can change everything. A Christian state, one of the founding Christian states still in this nation, they thought they could just come and begin to change law and everything. We've been asking the Lord to really change all that. And all of these people have been quitting, being moved out of office, leaving the state, okay? Because I asked the Lord, if they're not going to repent, remove them, Lord. Remove them from the state. If they're not going to repent and seek God. They don't want to hear the word. They don't want to hear the preaching. They want to come against the church. They want to come against the preacher. And if they're not going to repent, Lord, remove them. Remove them, please remove them from every high office on this city and state. 
That's exactly what the Lord has been doing all this past week and months. These people have been quitting and leaving, getting on their vehicle and moving with all this stuff out of the state. Marvelous sisters. Say the Lord, take control of the housing here, bring the housing down, remove all these high prices on the housing, bring the value of the housing back again down, rent, bring it down again, Lord. There's plenty of job here. I know the housing is a little bit high here. I'm asking the Lord to do that, to take control of the housing, take control of the market, of the, of the, of the governor office, major office, everything here, and begin to change these people, begin to change these offices, put fearful men in office. And that's exactly what's happening. I believe in my faith, my brother and sister. I know it's happening. We can already see the change happening I mean, housing has come down uh, after 30% in some area, 20%, 15% in a different area. Everything is coming down to the right price, not to the overprice that they they have. They had an apartment, remember, years ago, one room, three, two, three and $400. Two bathrooms, $500. And it was good houses, good apartment, people, everything was fine. All of a sudden, in, in less than 10 years, everything, boom, jumped to the cloud, my brother and sister. Okay, now praying to the Lord, asking God that all this will be brought down to normal again, back to what it needs to be. Because I know a lot of people want to move here. Okay, but if the prices are so high, that's very difficult. But if the Lord, who's then control of heaven and earth, can bring all this, all this rain down, the houses are down, have these people move away, they're not going to repent, bring people that will repent, bring people that will seek him, Bring people that will worship him, people that will work for God here. That's what we need. We need ministers. We need people of God here, my brother and sister. And the Lord has been so good here doing all this. He's doing it. Hallelujah. My brother and sister, it's going to be awesome. Awesome. Hallelujah. God is good and he's in control. He told me, hallelujah, the Lord liked this mountain up here. He really liked them. Hallelujah. And you, you will be closer to God up here. I know that. See, a lot of people that have come up have experienced that. How close you come to God when you come up the mountain. My brother and sister, God, God is in this place. We gotta have God clean out this place. They're not gonna repent, move out. They repent and, and change their wicked ways. Amen. Hallelujah. Then those can proceed and work here for God, but be under the fear of God. If you want to join me in prayer, my brother and sister. We can pray this day and night. Let God change this place. Let God change the housing, the politics. My brothers, change all this evil, remove all evil, and set his people in places. Governor position, my brothers, just a major position, just all around the city. Do a total cleansing of all evil. And just have people of God as it used to be. People of God only. For God, my brothers and sisters, that's what we need. A complete change from God. Thank you, Lord. We need it. My brother and sister, more than ever, that all these changes will continue to happen. Hallelujah. Because God is in control. God warned the children of Israel about all this evil that will be coming upon the earth, that they will only worship the Lord their God. Deuteronomy uh, 17.3. And had gone and served other God and worshiped them, either the sun or the moon, any host of heaven, which I have not commanded. He's not talking about the holes that are in his kingdom. He's talking about those evil from the heavenly places. 
They're there, my brother and sister. Okay? Not commanded them to worship them. And if he told thee that thou hast heard and inquired diligently, and behold, and be truth the thing certain such abomination is a wrap in, wrap in Israel. Only bring judgment when, when the nation, the country, moves that way. My brother and my sister, it only brings judgment. And then thou shalt bring forth the man and the woman who have committed this wicked thing unto thy gate, even that the man or the woman shall stone them with a stone filled to, the, to die. This was under the law, that they, they would do this cleansing, my brother and sister. But we know that with the judgment, a lot of cleansing is also come. Coming, Second Kings seventeen sixteen, they left all the commandment of the Lord their God, and made molten image, even the two calves made in Asherah pole, and worshipped all the hosts of heaven. And what is the name given to us here? Notice that the beast, the image, has a name in the Old Testament, and it was called Baal. That image, that beast, was known by Baal. My brother and sister. In Revelation 13, we don't get a name. We don't get veil. My brother and sister. It is the same beast from the from from the heavenly places. My brother and sister. From the host of heaven. Okay? From that planet. And the the leader of them, of those fallen ones, his name is Veil. That's his name. Veil. There are other names that are brother to Baal, if we can say, that are also named in the Bible. My brother and sister. But Baal, like Diana, female name, because it's a female fallen one, because it was male and female, the fallen one. Okay? And they're all together. They're, they're the one group. And God warned the children of Israel to be careful not to worship all the hosts of heaven. Because they're in the heavenly places, okay? And Sir Veil. Veil is the leader. That's how he was known back in the Old Testament. My brother and sister. And now in the, in the elite community, their leader behind all this thing, his name is also Veil, right? Like in the Old Testament. He was known as Veil. He is still known as Veil today. My brother and sister. That's incredible. Thank you, Lord. God gave us a name in the Old Testament. In the New Testament in 13, you don't get a name. You just get the beast. Second Kings 21.3. For he built up again the high places, which Hezekiah, his father, had destroyed, and we are up the altar of a veil, and made in a steropole, and there they have the king of Israel, and worship the host of heaven, and serve them. Notice how they have a map, a guide, to these hosts of heaven, they have names. They have their names. In the, in the inauguration of Vitans, Pelosi and them, the priest that was doing the prayer there was not a priest of God. It was a priest of Baal. And he was naming the God of America there. He named it. Literally, audible, he named the God of America. My brother and sister, he was, they were worshiping Baal. And they were worshiping this fallen angel, God of America, supposedly. My brother and sister, what an abomination. God, through Hezekiah the king, year before, they destroyed all those images that they had made. And these people went back, my brother and sister, 
And it was like they had a map. They had a guy in information on all these God's names, which Pelosi, Biden, and all of them have today in America. These people had it back then. The same God, the same host of heaven that Pelosi and them had, they had it back then. Marvelous. Nothing new under the sun. It's the same God, the same fallen one from the host of heaven, which one of the, their greater leader is Vail. Okay? Marvelous insisted. And look at the king that followed Hezekiah after he died. That Hezekiah had destroyed all this evil that was in Israel during his time. And then when this king came, he read, he read up the altar veil, made in Asherah pole, did as Ahab the king of Israel, and worshipped all the hosts of heaven and served them. God wants them back to Deuteronomy. You're talking about 200 years before or more that God told them not to do this evil in his sight. Because this, they will bring the abomination. This is where they can come out when these people invite them out, worship them and invite them back. And they do it through blood of children. They sacrifice the children to them. That's how they empower these fallen ones to come out of the hiding place and come being among the people. Wicked, evil, my brothers and sisters. Then you see Pelosi and them worshiping it. And, and, and they were like talking to a person that was next to them right there. Such an abomination, my brothers and sisters. The leaders of this country, my brothers and sisters, Secretary of State. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. It's just, no, I'm sorry, house speaker. Not sure said house speaker, but it's still a great position in this country. And she goes worshiping a demon right there. My brother, with the rest of the people, and Biden, who was elected president, the United States doing the same. Hallelujah. It's like they don't care for the abomination and the wickedness they bring upon the people. Second Kings 21, 5. He built the altar of the host of heaven, in the true cord of the house of the Lord. I want you to see something. Hallelujah. The cord of the house of the Lord, where this is what they have, the, the what you call the judges, which is started with, with, with Samson. He was the first judge. Hallelujah. No, no, not him. He, Samson was a judge, yes. But Samuel was the first. Or one of the first. So, in this place of the house of God where the court was, that's when they brought the cases of the people. When someone was accusing someone, they were bringing before the elder, and that's why they brought all the cases. Okay? Where did these fallen angel, the host of heaven, which leader was veiled, where to where do they want to bring their abomination to? To the court. Where do you think they have been bringing it to America to? The court system. If you can remove the Bible from the core system and implement your own ideology, diabology, which is diabolical, my brother and sister, and implement the evil like they did, hallelujah, here, in the court of the house of the Lord. Look, look how deep into wickedness and evil they let the people. Because when you bring it here now, you got the elder falling for this. The priests falling for this. The people who look after the leader are also going to fall the same, my brother and sister. You see where one abomination leads the other abomination. You get into it, you're going to lead the people. 
This is why America is being led into the worship of Baal in these fallen ones. Because our leader who are in office today was the one who started in the inauguration of Biden. My brother and sister, what an abomination this is. Hallelujah. And our leader, and our government, and our country, what they're bringing to the people. It's a bad example before God. Second Kings 23.4. And the king commanded Hezekiah, the high priest, and the priest of the second order, and the keeper of the house, to bring forth out of the temple of the Lord all the vessels that were made for veil, and for the Asherah pole, and for all the hosts of heaven, and all the burn and burn them outside Jerusalem, in the field, and the Kishrach, and carry the ashes of them unto the vessel. Look how deep, my brother and sister, they have brought all the vessels of veil. Okay, Veil, who is a falling one, imitating God, demanding worship, like God. Because all these vessels were sanctified for the temple of God. For God himself, Veil was requesting the same from the people unto himself. This is why Paul said that this Antichrist goes to the temple of God, said in the temple of God, as God, as Messiah, who is blessed forever, who only is the one who had that authority to be at the temple of God. He wants to have a place. He wants to sit there. And whose heart in the beginning of heaven had this to be set in the temple of God as God? And the devil himself, and that old serpent, he is the one, my brother and sister, behind all this idea, and all this fallen one. My Lord, my God, keep us. My brother and sister, such an abomination. They took a deep, 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 my brother and sister. Hallelujah. Second Kings 23.5. And he pulled down the idolatry priest, who the king of Judah had ordained to burn incense in the high places, city of Judah, in the place around about Jerusalem. Those also burned incense unto Baal. Look at that. They, the priests will have to burn incense unto God in the Old Testament. Look how deep they took it to burn incense unto Baal. My brother and sister, you see that veil demands worship, sacrifice, incense, talking about sacrifice and the worship. And he'll provide the music. He'll provide the music, but he expects you to worship him. My brother and sister, what an abomination. Okay? He's totally imitating God here. Second Chronicles 33.3. For he built again the high places which Hezekiah his father have broken down, rated up the ark of the veiling. My Lord. He made us the report and worship all the hosts of heaven and serve them. As God required for each and one of us to serve him, okay, besides the worship, besides the sacrifice, and the incense, now he wants you to serve him. Okay? He wants you to go around saying that he is your Lord, he is your God. What an abomination. What an abomination. My brother and sister, we're in the last day truly, 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 the Lord is about to come. Second Chronicle eighteen eighteen, against Micaiah saith, therefore hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, and all the hosts of heaven standing on his right hand and on his left. What is he sharing here? I want to make the difference between the host of the devil and fallen Nephilim and the host of God that are totally different. The host of God never demand anyone to worship. Even when God sent his angel to to John in the, in the Revelation, 
my brother and sister, when John wanted to worship, no, don't worship, because I'm a servant like you, he says to John. No, they will not allow you to worship. They know there's an abomination to God that will not be pleasing to the Lord for you to worship any angel, any creatures in heaven, my brother and sister. But these are the hosts of the devil, out of the pit of hell, this heavenly place is placed. My brother and sister, they want you to worship him, this fallen one. It's an abomination. Second Kings 17, 16. And they left all the commandment of the Lord their God, made their molded image, even two calves, made in that pole, and worshiped all the hosts of heaven and served them. My Lord, my God. What an abomination. These were the people of the Lord that have fallen deep into darkness, worshiping these devils, my brother and sister. You see why we need to be careful ourselves with everything we do with our life, how we go about our daily life. You need to be careful what you do, what decision you make every day. You can't go around joining this group and that other group, participating in all these. I get nervous when people contact me that they're going to participate in this, all that, because I know where all this can lead to idolatry, demon worshiping, in much more, my brother and sister, much more. I was talking about, remember, I was talking about a gay marriage, that we don't support that. We don't agree with that. You have to be careful. You should not be in a church where your pastor and your leader approve gay marriage, Okay. Even if your pastor tells you, well, this is the Lord of the land now. We have to obey the Lord of the land. The Bible says so. No. Okay? No. This year, a sister went to this church, Bethany, and the pastor was giving a good sermon out of the Bible. And then he goes in how he is for gay marriage. My brother insisted. The moment she, he went into it and, and said he was for it, she got up and walked out. And she had listened to the Lord's hour and emailed me and said, Brother Elvie, wow, what you write about this? He said, she said, I had gone through several churches, and they either support this or that, or they either support abortion or gay marriage. This, this is not the America that got raised anymore, the church system that got raised anymore. My brother existed. Because you either have pastors telling the young lady that are having abortion, that God understand what they're going through, that they don't have the money to raise his children, so God will forgive them so they continue to have more abortion, more abortion. No. You need to tell them to stop the killing and it's an innocent, innocent life. Okay? God is not for it. Okay? You got to make it clear. But these leaders compromise. The Lord, remember, took me to Georgia to this church. My brother insisted. I was starting to... I wanted to, since I was being invited to different church to preach in Georgia, uh, in Virginia, and all these different states, you know, I was thinking maybe I'll preach one day in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Washington, Virginia, Georgia. I'll probably travel to Texas, California. I'm a leader in California contacting me, sending me the plane ticket to go and preach over there. Then in Ecuador, in Peru, people. Pastor, we'll send you the ticket, brother. We come over. We just want you to bring your teaching, your your preaching. We we think it's so awesome, brother. It's blessing our life through online. You know, I was thinking to do all this because I was getting all these invitations 
my brother and sister, all these email of all these leaders inviting me. You know, and I'm like, but then I step back and I said, you know what? I'm going to seek the Lord about this. Okay? Because I will come from preaching in one state, then immediately had another invitation right away. You know, like, well, I haven't heard from the Lord that I need to go to the state, other state to preach again. So I need, I need to step back and pray and have the Lord lead me about this. I cannot make the decision to tell the pastor on the phone calling me, are you coming over, Brother Lee? Can we set this three-day service so you can come and preach to us this three days? You know, and I can't say yes right away to the pastor. I'll say, Pastor, I'll get back to you. Let me pray about this. Let me hear for the but Brother Ovi, you know, we listen to you online. We thank your program is such a blessing. Can you just come over and just preach throughout these days? You know, we know we're going to be blessed. We already have heard you, and it's been a blessing. I said, I understand that, but I need to hear from the Lord in regard to all this. And seeking the Lord to guide me about all this, my brother and sister, I begin to understand that if I keep joining these churches and agreeing with them, I'm also can be I could be participating on the things that they agree that are not of God. And that same pastor that was on the phone with me, because he asked me for my phone number through the email, I sent him. He called me right away, and I'm the I'm on the phone with him. His church is about 800 members and more. And he says, you know, we're so happy that you're going to come, Brother Ovi. You know, can you come? Can we set these days? And, and I'm pastor, you know, with all that respect, can I please? I would like to seek the Lord about this. I don't want to compromise myself by saying yes until I hear from the Lord. Then I'll travel out north and come and preach in this church. But can I please have this time? The pastor kept insisting. He still wanted me to. You know, because he wanted to tell the elders to set the day. They were going to send flyers. They were going to have more people than the regular church service. And I said, I understand that. But then he, the Lord is so good that I asked him a question about his teaching and about his church. And and the moment I asked him and we began to talk about a topic, I noticed he didn't feel good about it. He didn't agree with me. My brother insisted. So what he was teaching the church, I believe, was so against the word that my brother insisted. I live, yes, I live in North Carolina. What he was teaching the church was so against the word that in the moment we began to talk about it, he immediately said, "I don't know if I want to invite you anymore, brother Elvi." And I really have brothers and sisters who wants you to come. He felt uncomfortable with what I had to say. But I'm only talking about the word, what God says in his word. And I believe what God is doing at this moment with him is, if he's not in the word, if he's one of the leaders that gay marriage, okay, we'll marry them. Abortion, okay, we, we just, okay, their decision, we support them. You know, and I'm not for that. I'm not going to stand for that and say, it's okay. My brother insisted, okay? And they were, this was more about the ministry, the ministry that the way he was doing it is not biblical. And he was like, you know, we're not going to buy you anymore. Right away he says, I said, okay, I understand. 
Have a good day. Praise your Lord. Yes, we have to keep the peace with all men, the Bible says. But we can't compromise. My brother insisted. And if we're going to run our ministry, our life this way, then are we looking to go to heaven? Are we looking to be in rash of the pasture? Are we looking to meet in the Lord in the air? Because to the one that you and I are going to answer face to face is to our Lord Jesus. Him we're going to see face to face. To him we're going to have to answer very soon. I don't want anything. I don't want to do anything that will keep me from being rash or departure to heaven. My brother and sister, and this is what I'm being careful with. Okay? It's not about the money and the donation that they can give me. My brother and sister, because they, they try to make it about money. Oh, we can give you this or that. It's not about that. My brother and sister, it's about if my walking with the Lord and doing ministry where it's pleasing to the Lord, and I can be rational, the pastor. Because if it's not that way, then why am I doing ministry for? And, and how am I walking for the Lord? It has to be for the Lord, okay? I must be truthful according to his word and walk with him. And when the Lord has to rebuke me, I have to receive it about my head, okay? And not say, well, I'm going to do this or that. No, it's the Lord's will that we are here to do on this earth, my brothers and sisters. Our relationship with him is first. Seek the kingdom of heaven first, and every other thing will be added unto us. This is how we walk. When Jesus was on the earth, he taught us obedience to the Father. His obedience to the Father was so much important to him that in Gethsemane, at that very moment when he says, Father, it says, Thy will passes cut from me. At that very moment he was teaching you and I that no matter how difficult things are for us on this earth, we need to say to God, but not my will, Father. Thy will be done. In the hardest moment of his life and ministry, he needed to choose. What did the disciple do? His ministry do in a harder time of his life, they ran away and left them alone. My brother and sister, and when they high, when they arrested him, that time can happen to any minister of God, any sons and any daughter of God. We can be abandoned by people. People can run away, my brother and sister. Amen. But God will not leave us, neither forsaken us, in any of these hard moments. So our relationship with him has to be most important every day, looking forward to pleasing him, to serving him, to doing his will, and not our own. When I sit back, when I sit back in the Lord, and I begin to fast and pray and meditate on his word, the question is, am I doing the will of God? Is it the will of God that I'm doing or my own, or the will of spirit? My brother and sister, and that's when I want the Lord to come and confirm to me if I'm doing his will. And this is what he did with me this week, carrying me like a firstborn baby and said, I have you doing my will, giving my words, preaching my message. And he spoke to me with such a 
anointing and presence of God so powerful that I didn't want to move, but I could not move because of the power and anointing. But at the same time, that confirmation that Paul said to Timothy was to make sure he showed himself approved. I prove it when the Lord tells you, you are where I want you to be. You are doing what I want you to do. That is approved. God approving what you're doing. God approving where he wants you to be. My brother and sister. Okay? Very, very important. Very, very important. When you get to the point when you're speaking to your family unsaved and they're not listening, okay, pray for them. Do the most powerful things you can do for them. It's not preaching. It's praying for them. Get God involved in their life. Don't listen to God. They may not listen to you, but when you pray for them, you're asking, Father, Father, you speak to them because they're not listening to me. And he will. To God. Remember, to God, all things are possible. To us, it's a headache and a problem. To God, my brother and sister, he moves his finger, <laughs> and everyone will listen. The most wicked one will listen. My brother and sister, he knows how to get to them. He knows how to speak to them. So do the most powerful thing you can do for any human being on this earth. Pray for them. Get God involved in their life and watch God do something amazing for them. Visit them. I began to ask the Lord last week to bring my children to heaven. Lord, give them experience in heaven. And this Sunday morning, as I'm sitting here, my little daughter comes. No, I was sitting in my bed. My daughter comes to me. said, Daddy, I have something to tell you. I had a dream last night. Huh? I said, yeah, tell me, tell me. Dad, I was in the sky and in heaven. And I saw all these angels. They were all white and they had wings. They were flying. And they were all looking at me, smiling. And I was smiling back with them. But Dad... You know what I noticed when I was there? I had also wind like then. I said, oh, wow, you have wind? Yes, Dad. So I was asking the Lord to, to give him an experience in heaven. I said, Dad, I have wind like then, Dad. I was fine like then. Up in heaven. I talked to them about heaven a lot sometimes. My brother said, they love it. But asking the Lord to give them that experience. Thank you, Lord. She saw all these angels in heaven, and they were flying. When Father spoke to me a few months ago, he had his army of angels ready to send to the earth. I believe some of those angels my daughter saw are angels that are about to be sent to the earth to bring the church home. The Lord has shown people in Revelation and showed me once that when the rapture happens, angels are coming down a very second. And they're grabbing people by the arm and taking them home. Thank you, Lord. And she says she saw the angel flying. Lots of them, lots of them. They were flying in the sky, she said, and looking at her and smiling. I believe these angels are the angels that are about to bring the church home soon. The Lord is about to come for his bride. The Lord is about to come for his people. Don't miss the rapture for anyone. Don't miss the rapture because, you know, you don't have the job you want, an example, of the car you want, of the house you want, or, or, you know, you're not in the place you want to be. 
If you want to move, ask the Lord to lead you. You know, the Lord, if the Lord wants you here, which the Lord spoken to me about this, he said he's spoken to people to come here to this place and that they have not obeyed him, he says to me. And I said, yes, Lord. I know, I told him, I know, Lord. My brother and sister, it's sad when people don't put the trust in the Lord. I said, sure. That what he tells you, go. In a dream, in a vision, he speaks to you. Just go and listen to him. He's always right. He's at the right hand of the Father. He knows how to lead us safe and how to keep us safe, how to protect us. My brothers, he did it with the children of Israel. He led them through the wilderness and brought them into the promised land. Now, they were the one disobedient. They were the one who got themselves in trouble. He told them not to, but he, they did not listen to him. My brother and sister, thank you, Lord. Sometimes we are so busy in our lives. Listen to this. We are so busy that when the Lord speaks to us, we don't take heed to his word. That happened to me years ago. The Lord was speaking to me. And if you ask me, I remember that time, is the Lord speaking to you, brother? I would have said no. No. I was not listening to the Lord. This is why the Bible says, let him go out in the ear. Ear, listen to what he has, to, what the Lord has to say. Because sometimes you don't have the ear to listen to the Lord. You don't have the patience. You're not giving him the time to listen to him. You're not asking him to speak to you and give him the time to listen to him. To ask him for a year for you to listen to him when he speaks. For you to really hear his voice. Then at one time the Lord was speaking like he I could tell he was speaking to me, but I could not hear what he was saying. Then I began to ask. Because when you are so busy, I understood back there, even when the Lord is speaking, you won't listen carefully, clearly. And that can be dangerous also. Because he can be telling you, I'm telling you, he told me back in December last year, which was only five months ago, that he's speaking he has spoken to his people to come up here. And they are now being obedient. My brother insisted. If you seek this from him, if you seek this from him, he will tell you himself if you have not been obedient to listen to him. My brother insisted. There's always consequence of disobedience. Always. The Lord knows what is better for us than what we think is better for us. Well, sometimes we seek for convenience, but the Lord knows. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We serve a wonderful God. See us here, Sister Celestia, about the show there. Thank you. Hello again, and welcome to the Master's Voice. I'm Celestial, and you are welcome to this channel. To old and new subscribers alike, you are very welcome. To newer members, I would like to recommend that you use playlists on the Master's Voice because that is the best way for you to get through a lot of information in a shorter amount of time. The Master's Voice Prophecy blog has helpful playlists on the dashboard, and there you can find information organized by theme. And if you simply start from the oldest video, when you go to the playlist, you click the playlist that you want 
and it's going to list all the videos. And then you'll see filters where it says you can watch the videos from newest to oldest. You can watch them from oldest to newest. If you choose to watch the videos in a playlist from the oldest video to the newest video, by the end of watching those videos, you will have come fully up to date with what the Lord God is saying about that particular topic. The most important playlist on the Master's Voice is the Russia and the China playlist. There are about at least 20 videos there, and I think there should be a few new ones that I have to add there. There should be about 20 videos there and more on the blog itself. There's the Repentance playlist. I cannot stress how important Repentance is for every man, woman, and child in the world at this time. We have come to the ends of times. I am not a date setter here, so I'm not telling you that it's tomorrow or next week. But you would have to be willfully blind and also defiant against what you can see happening outside to tell yourself that we have not come into a patently different time period for human beings. There's also the sin series. This is where God has listed all the things that he says are sin, and he uses the nation of America listing out extremely egregious sins, listing out sins that quite a few people have never heard in their life, that God says are sin. It does not matter what personal opinions people have. What matters is what does the Bible say and how does God express himself in the modern era to make people who are living outside of his laws, outside of his rules, and outside of alignment with his spirit, to make them come back to center and begin to walk in observance of what God calls holiness, what God calls righteousness, what God calls works that are worthy of salvation. If you are saved and you are expecting heaven and you are living like the devil, you are in a dichotomy, two separate worlds that don't match, which means there is deception in your life. And it is time to allow the Holy Spirit to heal that deception because there will be extremely high prices to pay for walking and living in sin as we go forward. God has already said that we have entered the time of instant judgment, whiplash judgment. You go and touch sin. You go and continue in sin. You keep asking questions and thinking, well, I want to have an academic discussion about this. I've been watching the videos, and the videos are convicting me, and I feel bad, but I think I'm just going to reach out to her and just ask her. I heard her say with examples that this is sin, but I think I just want to ask, is the one that I'm doing sin because I'm doing it that way? not going to get myself involved in things like that. If you have a heart that is so hard that you come to this channel and you hear teaching, preaching, and exhortation on what God says is unacceptable to him, you hear it, it goes in, and your heart is convicted. But now you do not allow the work of conviction to complete itself so that you can repent of sin. And you now want to have further conversations to ask the obvious that you already heard. Then you have to know that the person who is going to be responding to you is not me. You can, simply, you can simply continue on the way of iniquity. And at the end of iniquity, you will find the end that defiant people find when they want to keep walking in sin. After they have heard the warning of the watchman to step away from that evil and to allow the Holy Spirit to cleanse them, the blood of Jesus to wash them, confession of sin, and then submitting all of your life to God so that he can not only be your Savior, but also your Lord. 
Many people live in a double universe. Yes, they say Jesus Christ is their Savior, but he is not their Lord. He, they don't follow his commandments. They don't obey what he says. They obey what their flesh wants. And then they think that they can have their cake of salvation and also eat it too when it comes to entry into the Lord's rest. These things also are deception. And so, if you are a new person, I pray that you will understand that reading, research, testing the spirits are your responsibility. On the Master's voice, I'm not responsible to give the prophecies and then try to convince you that they are true. I am not interested in that. I am zealous that God's words be heard by as many people as possible. I thank God for the work that he has done so far to bring people. He is speaking. If you are minded to listen, the Holy Spirit will enter into your heart and do the kind of work that saves. And so today's prophecy is continuing in the vein of punishment for sin and captivity. And before I go any further to give the title of this video or when it was received, the message that the Lord had, for if he does have a message before I make the video, he will always tell me. The Lord said, tell them that the reason I am judging them is because they are sinful. Because I noticed that many people are getting stuck in their soul searching. Many people are getting stuck. They're getting stuck in the world of why, which I discussed all the way back in 2020 and 2021, saying that if you listen to prophecy and the only response you have is why, 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 it's evident that you don't read your Bible. There's no way that you can read the Bible and see that America has almost duplicated every single sin that Israel committed in the Bible and invented quite a few new ones that those people were not able to walk in due to the fact that they did not have technology and stuff like that. There's no way that you can see all the sins of the Bible replicated in this one nation and then still try to act innocent and confused and say, but why is he judging us? God says that he is judging America because America is grossly sinful. This is sin above the norm. This is sin that exceeds what everybody else is doing. So to all the people who constantly will ask, but so-and-so did it and this country did it, you need to be able to carry your thoughts to the logical conclusion. There are 10 people and they all sin the same sin and God only comes and selects one person that means that God is privy to information about that person that may not be openly apparent to everyone in the group of 10. It means that God actually knows that in the commission of 10, maybe four did it and would never do it again when chastised. And maybe four more did it and they knew that it was sin, but when they are rebuked, they will repent. And then maybe one did it because he was totally innocent and he didn't know that it was sin. But then there is one that God sees into that person's future. And God knows that if he gives 10 years or 20 or 40 inside of that 10th person is dead, rotten, and corrupted. And no amount of mercy and grace extended as America has had extensive periods of mercy and grace, will ever change the behavior 
God says he is judging America because America is wicked. He said, tell them that they have absolutely departed from what they have received. So then you ask, what has America received? America has received the fullness of God's love the fullness of God's mercy, the fullness of God's grace, the fullness of his might, power, influence, all these things have been extended to this nation decade after decade after decade. And he is simply saying that what the country did with it is very, very unacceptable. It is wicked to have received the fullness of truth of God's word and to have departed so far from it that you have statues of Satan standing upon the soil. And you have men declaring that they are women and women insisting that they are men and children being utterly reprobate and corrupted and murder and abortion and other sins soaking the soil with blood. And ancient iniquity, such as the exterminations of peoples testifying to the heavens. And then we'll still come to the channel and say, but why? Today's prophecy is called the glory of the Chaldeans. And God is talking about the great humbling of America for wickedness and for pride. God is saying that he will bring the cities of this nation, which are extremely well-developed, extremely high skyscrapers, tall, towering buildings, what he calls the citadels of Babylon, the cities of Babylon. He is saying that he will bring it down to the ground. So I have already made two prophecies that I received on the same day, April 15, 2023, one is called the Iron Pen, and the other one is called Diaspora. This one re was received April 16, 2023, and the title is The Glory of the Chaldeans. None of these prophecies are up yet. It takes a lot of time to transcribe these things on the blog, and so I will have to find a cache of time and do that. The Glory of the Chaldeans, April 16, 2023. These are the Lord's words. America, you are the glory of pride, the glory of the Chaldeans, the height of the citadels, the cities of Babylon. Babylon has roared before me in times past. Babylon has gloried in sinfulness and excelled in pornography and adultery. But the sins of the United States of America roars in the heavens overflowing with fornication and unbelief. They have departed from the ways of the Lord and gone after their own lusts. Therefore, let them be taken away from my face to serve their enemies in captivity and hard labor. Let them work so hard they have no strength to speak. As Pharaoh wearied my men, and sorrowed my women until they could not talk. Until they cursed Moses for increasing their workload, let them labor in the Philistine camps until their speech is taken away, and they can only weep for the overflow of Babylon's sin that they have participated in. 
And so the Lord is saying here that America is the glory of pride. When you say that something is the glory of something, it means, as I just said in the earlier example of 10, that you have pride. You have the pride of Great Britain, and you have the pride of the EU. You have the pride of the Japanese and the Koreans, those in Bangladesh. You have the pride of the Australians. You have the pride of the Africans. You have the pride of Canada to the north. Mexico and Nicaragua and all our neighbors to the south. But there is a particular pride that is a glory. It is as it is a covering, as you see over me here. It is as it is a height, a peak, meaning that it cannot be matched. It cannot be equaled. And the Lord has said in past prophecies that even if he were to cast his eye back across all of time, across all of history, he would not find a people as rebellious, a people as decadent, a people as impure, a people as prideful, and a people as wicked as the United States of America. The Lord has said on this channel that the sin of America supersedes, excels, and is the glory of all sin that he has ever witnessed, including the overflowing of sin in the time of Noah, which was a very epic period of sin. And so he says the glory of the Chaldeans and their heightened, glorious, soaring cities has been before him in time past. And the Chaldeans were a particular people that share when I went to do some research, a lot of similarities with the United States. Chaldea was a group of people that first started off being a group of tribes, and then they got together and they formed small independent states. So they were all separate independent states, just like we have here. But for purposes of overall governance, for purposes of marauding, which is going and attacking other people like pirates and taking what they have, for purposes of proper official war, where it is Chaldea versus so-and-so, Chaldea versus Assyria, and things like that, they always came together into one cohesive unit, and they worked as one, even for purposes of paying tribute to stronger kings, such as the king of Assyria who once beat them, they acted as a unit. But within that unit called Chaldea, there were small independent states. The Chaldeans were also known as the Babylonians. And the most famous king from history that is matched in Bible history was Nebuchadnezzar who married Queen Esther. In that time, his empire was so big that it was 127 provinces, each with a governor in there and things like that. So it was a massive territory that spread over much of the known world. This is where these people eventually evolved to. They had amazing centers of art. They had amazing centers of libraries. They had amazing places of learning colleges in those days. They were known for wine and song and sexual immorality and a very loose and free kind of living that can only be enjoyed by people who have established what is known as hegemony. Hegemony is when you have excelled in technology, you have excelled in military might, 
you have excelled in strategy, whether it is political strategy, educational strategy, war strategy, agricultural strategy, you are hard to beat in every area. And so Chaldea had established hegemony to such a point that even modern scholars today do not debate that this was a great people, a great nation. They covered a very large area of ancient Mesopotamia in the, in the Persian Gulf, and they were a massive empire that even today has left a very strong imprint on many civilizations, societies, and people. And so they were known and hated for one particular thing that they would do. Chaldea had this habit of waiting until civilizations sprung up a little bit, established themselves, so they would have sons and they would have daughters and they would grow and they would build buildings and they would set up their agriculture and they would set up their limited technology, whatever they had. And when they became a flourishing society, Chaldea would go and attack them and destroy them and take what they had. I will say that again. Chaldea was known and hated in the ancient world for being a people that never let other people live in peace. They waited for societies to grow and flourish and establish themselves, and then they would go and attack with what scholars say was a very hard-to-beat type of military might. Just think of 127 states coming against you wherever you are, coming around you like a crab and swooping down like an eagle and raking you like a bear and tearing you to pieces like a puma. They were known and hated for attacking settled communities, for waiting until they were growing and showing wealth and establishment, and then they would swoop in with that impressive army, take it, impose tribute, and carry whatever they wanted away. And in one of the old prophecies, the Lord said that the spirit of Babylon lives on in the United States, that Babylon never died from the ancient world, and that the same spirit that made those people how they were lives on today in the people of the United States. And that is why the citizens of the United States the women, the men, the children, and the successive leadership over time behave the way they do. They are influenced by the same lawless, selfish, marauder, pirate, attacking, loose, immoral, godless spirit that frustrated God in that time until he broke that empire up and divided it up to successive armies that came after them. And now he says he will do the same. He says Babylon gloried in sinfulness and excelled in pornography and adultery. So this was a sexually loose people. They didn't have online pornography, but they used to quite allow it in open places, just like Pompeii. Sexual expression in the ancient world, just because they didn't have TV, they were actually quite free with it. And that was one of the reasons that God really hated a lot of those tribes, because God is huge on purity and morality, especially when it comes to sex. God created sex to be enjoyed in one confined marriage, only between male and female. And whenever there were societies, that were licentious, 
They were open. They would have temple prostitutes. They would have orgies. They would have older men with young boys. They would have older women with young girls. They would have swinging parties, sharing wives and things like that. That kind of society brings great wrath out of the heart of God. And sexual immorality was usually one of the main reasons that an ancient empire would fall and not be allowed to continue. Pornography, looking at sexual material that you should not, that excites the body to move it to commit sexual sin. Adultery. In the old world, God was not only talking about sexual adultery where you would leave your wife or leave your husband to go and fornicate with someone else that you were not married to. God also means adultery whereby you leave what is righteous, you leave what is holy, you leave the laws of God to go and start doing Baha'i and Hindu and, and these little people in New York that hand out these little gold cards that are always promising nirvana and other things like that. Basically, you commit adultery with other gods you commit adultery with, in America, the gods of logic and the gods of reasoning and the gods of that doesn't make sense to me and I don't agree. And anyway, my spirit, this doesn't sit right with my spirit. The Holy Spirit will be speaking and then your spirit is telling you that the Holy Spirit is a satanic, luciferian thing and you judge the words of God according to the limitation of your own darkened heart these are all adultery in God's eyes. But then the Lord goes on to say that America's sin is not like Babylon's sin. He said that Babylon's sin roared before him in times past. But America's sin is roaring up to the heavens. And in many of the prophecies, I have said that when I see the Lord talking about the sin of this country, sometimes it appears like a great rushing wave of filthy unbelievable filthy, the kind of water that if you saw it coming, you would just shrivel because you wouldn't want it to touch you. Filthy water rushing against the whole of the nation. And sometimes I said that the smoke of this nation's sin, it appears like overwhelming black smoke that goes all the way up into the heavens until it begins to confront God in his own majesty he is the Lord of the heavens, but the sin of one country ascends to the heavens like a column of black smoke that is very offensive to God. And so another thing that he accuses America for is overflowing with fornication, sexual immorality, masturbation, sleeping around, uh, inventing apps that you basically just go on and fish for human bodies the way fishermen go to the sea and fish for fish, and also unbelief. This is saying things like there is no God, writing books in this nation that say um, that there is no God, and all the atheists, some of the best and most famous atheists actually are Americans. And they have conferences. I've spoken of the American atheist conferences where they all get together and they all pat one another on the back about their brand new discovery that God does not exist, and they do not know that God has been the unannounced guest of honor at all the conferences from the ancient world, even the one that Pharaoh held where he invited Moses and Aaron and they were telling him, Pharaoh, repent. And God said, let my people go. And he said to them, top tier atheist unbelief, who is this God? I do not know him. And so God says that America has departed from his ways and gone after their own lusts. And therefore, he says that America will be removed from his face and sent to serve enemies in captivity and hard labor. 
I have spoken for years about the fact that God says Russia, China, and many allies will come here. They will bomb this place. They will burn this place. They will loot this place. And they will sit and ask people, what was your profession and what was your skill before the war? And they will look for those who can serve their agendas and purposes in wherever else they are working. And they will carry people captive there to work in very hard labor. Then the Lord says, let them work so hard until they have no strength to speak. I have always said that the Lord's words are that he will give to America measure for measure and pound for pound the sins that she has committed. And I have always warned that one of America's greatest problems is the inability to practice divine punctuation, which is God will say something and then God will put a full stop at the end of the sentence. And then Americans will come and turn that full stop into a comma, and then they will say, but what about this and this? And I don't like that and that. And I just think that this approach is wrong. So the Lord will give his sentences and put a full stop. And then the other people who are watching from other countries will just listen and say, this is very scary. And they will say what they say. But here in the U.S., we will turn that full stop into a comma, And then we will continue this sentence with what we think and how we feel God should speak to us about the things that God says he has endured from the country. And God says that the kind of punishment that he will put Americans into will leave no strength for words. He says that in the ancient world, Pharaoh worked the Israelites so hard until they had no strength to talk. He worked them so hard that when Moses came to set them free from captivity and held that little tent meeting and showed them the signs that God had shown him and told them, I've come to put an end to this and we should rejoice. When Pharaoh heard about it, Pharaoh increased the workload of the Israelites and they cursed Moses because their work went from backbreaking to excruciating in weight. God says, that America will be taken away to labor in camps where they will be worked so hard that speech, commentary, having an opinion, saying, why is God doing this? Saying, but we're good people, but we don't deserve this. All the things that are said now that I constantly warn people, don't say these things because the Lord is listening to your words they will be unable to say it. God says that they will only be able to weep for the overflow of the punishment of Babylon's sins that they have participated in. I will put them under judgment such as has never been seen before under the heaven. The sky has not gazed down on punishment like this The sky will hide its face from Babylon in the day of her judgment. In one hour, in a single day, captivity, destruction, pillaging, and the fall of empire. In one hour, trampling of the young and old, death by surprise, enemy at the gates, enemy over the walls, enemy in the streets, Enemy at your door, in a moment of surprise, America, what will you do? And so, the Lord has said in other prophecies that 
the judgment that he will do here is a thing that ought not to be done. Now, if a human being says this to another human being and says, you know, um, Celestial, you have done what ought not to be done. And this is just basically an earthly estimation to say this that you did to me is something that is so grossly done that I cannot process it. How could you do this to me? But when the eternal one of all flesh is saying that the kind of punishment he will give is something that the sky has never gazed on before, this means that any punishment you wish to look at that has ever happened to any country, to, that has ever happened to any state, any, anything that you have ever seen happen to people. So if you've seen what happened to Iraq and you see what happened to Syria, or if you see what happened to the European states when Hitler was um, you know, rampaging through them in ancient history, if you see how Rome fell or you see how Jerusalem was burned, in history, or you see how God destroyed ancient Egypt in the Bible. God says that no, nothing on earth can equal the kind of punishment that he is going to give to America. And the reason these words will put a weight on the heart is because God intends for the heart to be weighed. God intends for the heart to feel the heaviness and the press of the weight of these words. The reason I take the time to open these prophecies up is because if you read them on the blog and you simply read a sentence and you, your eye just skims over the sentence, you may miss the fact that God is expecting his words to penetrate so that the country can come to realization of what the nation has done to God. Because until there is realization there can be no acceptance of sin, the totality of sin. Not some sin and then I didn't do this one or that was in the ancient past or it was the ancestors, not us. The totality of sin. When sin is acknowledged and accepted, that is the only way that people can repent. Without repentance, the fullness of all that the Lord says remains and he has already said that he will not remove this judgment. Therefore, it must mean that repentance is serving another purpose other than removing the judgment. Because the judgment cannot be removed, it must mean that repentance in this instance for America is to put the soul back in relationship with God so that that soul can now have capacity can now have right standing with God to be able to dialogue to God for that soul. It is not to remove the judgment. It is to open the door to speak with God as a man speaks to his friend and see what God will answer each soul concerning the judgment that is coming. The sky has not looked down on a punishment like this the sky will hide its face from Babylon on the day that she's judged. In a single hour, in a single day, the Lord is speaking here to Bible scholars who can hear of Revelation chapter 18, where it says, fallen, fallen, great Babylon is fallen. She will receive all her plagues. This is everything I have ever discussed on this channel. 
Every single message that is titled America, involves America, is directed to America, God says, these things will come upon this country in one day. Captivity, destruction, pillaging, and the fall of empire in one hour, trampling the young and old. This is Ezekiel 9 that I have taught here at least five times. Where the judgment comes, six men were called, five of them holding axes to cut down, only one given an inkhorn to mark the foreheads of those who were lamenting and sighing over the sins that were being committed at that time. And there, I have a dream that I have shared many times, and I'm going to, excuse me, please, I'm going to share that dream again. It was the very first time that God showed me that Russia would come to America. And as the years would go by, God would open up the understanding, and there's still more to read here in this prophecy, but God would open up the understanding. In this dream, I saw that it was a very cold morning. It was a very cold morning, and I saw Russians, Russian soldiers in the street. So it wasn't a very, um, you know, multifaceted dream. I was simply standing in the street, but I wasn't really there. I was just positioned there, but not visible, you know, in the dream. And Russians were here in America, and they were swarming everywhere. They were swarming everywhere, and they were cutting people down in the street and just killing people in the street. It didn't matter if the person was old. It didn't matter if the person was young. It didn't matter if the person was special forces or whatever. They were simply cutting people down. They were in the cities. They were in um, the residential areas. And I remember screaming to people, run, run, save yourselves. Save yourselves. And they couldn't hear me. And one scene that I have discussed, and I will not leave out, is that I said I saw a woman who was pregnant. She was pregnant, and the Russians have this long gun, and the gun has a zigzag knife at the end of it. I always forget to look up what that zigzag knife that they have stuck at the end of the rifle is. And this man stuck it into the woman's belly and simply ripped it up and then pushed her off his gun and let her fall with her, her literal belly with life still in it ripped open. And I was horrified. I was crying out to people, run, run, save yourselves. And of course, they could not hear me. And that was the very first time that God showed me that these people will come here. And in subsequent years, God has shown me that they are already here, that they live here. They are extremely integrated in with the population. They have been here for decades. They are embedded into the fabric of the nation. And the Lord says that they are more American than Americans. You cannot tell the difference. They are in the, all the structures of government. They're in the school. They are enmeshed in society. God says that Russians are part of the Hollywood stars that you love. They're part of the musicians. They have seamlessly blended into the fabric of the nation. And it is now impossible to tell who is who because these ones don't have accents. And he said that these people will act as the Trojan horse. They will open the door for the ones who are coming. Not only that, God has said that unfaithful, unpatriotic Americans, I've been talking about this since 2020, unfaithful, unpatriotic Americans will open the door for the Russians. They will disable these nuclear things that you are supposed to press. God says that American missiles will not answer back. 
Russia will be bombing, and then America will at least want to bomb back, and it will be impossible because all these launch codes, secret codes, will have been disabled. And he said that the missiles will be silent in the silos, and America will be unable to respond. And so I saw that they will not show mercy. There are scriptures for this. I will make a video that is exclusively the scriptures that have been going into all these prophecies, and we will go through them so that it can be understood what exactly I am doing here. Death by surprise, your enemy at the gates, your enemy climbing over the walls, your enemy in the streets, your enemy at the door. These people will come to the door and they will bring people out. In a moment of surprise, America, what will you do? Your enemies will drag you down to a pit of confusion they will overwhelm and surprise you with weapons that you have never seen before, and they will attack from all corners of the empire. They are inside the walls. They are inside the apartment buildings, inside the schools and the technical colleges, inside the universities, in your marriages, the fathers and mothers of your children. They are inside you, among you, part of you. And I say that in the day they reveal themselves, your heart will melt like glass that is put in a furnace. The foreigners will come out of their hiding places. They will show themselves. They will give Russian salute, Chinese salute. They will say, here we are reporting for duty. We have persevered. We have endured. We have conquered Babylon. We have won the battle with a single blow. We are the master of territories, and we have overcome. And that makes complete sense of the first sentence of this paragraph that says, your enemies will drag you down to a pit of confusion. It is confusing indeed to go to university and be taught by your favorite professor, Dr. Zhang. And then on the day of captivity, the day where all will be revealed, the day that is described for this country in Isaiah 13, where it says that this is a day that strong men will become weak and that their faces will be red like flame and everyone will look at each other in confusion and the men will bow down like women in labor. This is why I always say to the men, you can say that you suffer, you don't suffer a woman to do this and that you don't suffer a woman to do that. And God bless you because I know what Joel 2.28 says and I know who called me, equipped me, and sent me to do the work that I do. But in the day that comes when you bow down, you might be looking for this woman who is telling you these things before they come. It is confusion to live in the midst of your enemy, to hear God tell you that the enemies are inside the walls. Inside the walls, let's go through this methodically, means inside the borders. So we're not looking for people who are coming to the borders. Excuse me, please. We're not looking for people to approach the borders and to say, can you please stamp us in? Oh, no, we're just Boris and Nikolai, just two brothers, and we're looking for asylum, or we're just two brothers, and we just want to go and visit Hawaii, and then we'll come out again. Inside the walls means the business of broaching the border is a done deal. It's over. 
people live inside and they will make sure that the borders are accessible. That means that even the border security, the guys who watch the border, contain these people. They are inside the walls. You have people inside who will open it from inside. And then you have them coming outside with superior attacking force. And they will easily come across these borders. I used to speak in the old prophecies a lot about how God says that Russia comes here for reconnaissance in flying things that do not ping the U.S. radar. That's right. They have something on their planes, and they can just fly here and be cloaked. This is not in the future. This is now. God says that they just fly across this airspace, and they can't be tracked because they do something with the planes. And he was asking in that prophecy, I think it's called the heart attack. America, do you know that these people fly overhead and they watch? And do you know that these people sit in the waters offshore and they listen to your conversation? And I saw inside this Russian submarine thing, these men sitting and smoking to pass the time and simply recording conversations that they could, they could pick up off the mainland. And America was not being warned by, I guess, water security or water patrol, that these people are being picked up around the coastlands. So they can already do this. Inside the apartment buildings means they live in apartments just like everyone else. Just as I live in mine, they live in the apartments of the land. And that means that the Russians and the Chinese are your neighbors already. Schools, technical colleges, their students, they're either foreign exchange students here and they're doing PhDs and they're doing these long-term degrees or they've been living here all their lives or they're teaching at UC Berkeley and they're teaching at the University of Philadelphia and they're teaching here and they're teaching there. They are students, they are custodians, and everybody loves Boris, the school principal or someone else, you know, Anastasia, their best friend from college. And maybe they just have normal names like Hannah and Anna. And so he says, they are inside your marriages. They are the fathers and the mothers of your children. And this does not definitely say that a person who is married to a Russian is automatically suspect that the Russian person, absolutely not. These people that God is talking about are people who are American. They are American. You cannot tell that they are foreign because they are as born here. He said that they have no accents. He said that they are stars in Hollywood, musicians and beloved members of the society. And that is why he said, when they step out from inside you, when they separate from among you and reveal themselves, your heart will melt like glass that has been put in a, for in a furnace. The foreigners will come out of hiding and show themselves giving the Russian salute and the China salute and say, we are reporting for duty. And when the Lord said this part, excuse me, the light is fading. When the Lord said this part, what I saw is, just a moment, please. What I saw is how it will look. So the, the outside soldiers, the external soldiers will come and say, come out of the houses, come out of the houses. You're all captured. You're all captured. You're captured, captured, captured. Come out. And then people will be forced to come outside and stand in neighborhoods or things, and they will be huddled. 
And the reason it will be easy for them like that is because God has always said in these prophecies that they will come at a time that nobody knows. They will come when no one is expecting it. They will come at a time, he says, when America will be bundled up and sleeping. And what I've seen in these messages is that it was cold. And he said in one old prophecy that cold is the friend of the bear, that Russia is not afraid of cold, but America runs and hides from cold and bundles herself up. And so those are perhaps more vulnerable times when, you know, Russian soldiers are patrolling in eight feet of snow. I don't know. But here, you know, people are not used to it. And so people tend to retreat and be indoors more. And, and that will be the kind of time that they will do it. But then it was like everyone is captured, captured, captured. And so standing together and watching expectantly to see what will happen. And then comes either some kind of command or some kind of greeting in a language that is not English. So some kind of Chinese command will be spoken, some kind of Russian command will be spoken. And then you will just hear something like that, like the stomping of soldiers. And then you're thinking, where's that sound coming from? Because we're all here in our bathrobes. And then people begin to say, excuse me, excuse me, please, excuse me, in English. And they will come out. They will come out from among the crowd and then say back, we are here. We are reporting for duty. We have persevered. What does that mean? It means this was a long, long plan. To persevere means that you have lived through something. You have endured something. You have put up with something that was not pleasant, but you did it. You have put up with watching American movies always make Russia the evil demon snake. You have put up with the news reports that we get on Fox and CNN and MSNBC, and no one needs me to go into those and what they say in detail. You have put up with many things that pierced your Russian loyal, Chinese loyal heart. So you persevered and you hung on because you knew what this thing that God is calling enemy at the gates, enemy over the walls, surprise. You knew it was coming. So these people probably don't know that God is saying this. Maybe they do because this channel is reaching more people now. But God knows that they're here. And God is telling America that they're here. So they say, we have persevered. We have endured. Meaning, we might not have wanted to go through this, but we went through it for the sake of the plan. We have conquered Babylon. We won the battle with a single blow. What has the Lord been saying here for four years? What has he been saying since the 2015 prophecies, 2014 prophecies on Russia and China? They will move cohesively. They will strike one blow. They will hit the East Coast and the West Coast at the same time. This is not a three-day thing. They will come from the air, from the sea, from under the water, across the borders, and then we now are hearing in detail from out in the midst from out in the midst, in a single strike. We are the master of territories, and we have overcome. So the plan worked. The long-range, long-wearing, patient, let's just be patient, our day is coming, plan worked. And that is what will cause America to go into a pit of confusion. It's bad enough to just hear on the news that there's a war or see on TV that there's a war, but then to see your neighbor Fran and her husband Dylan 
in the war will bring deep confusion and the melting of hearts. The Lord went on, the foreigners will come out of hiding. Beware, Chaldea, you are overcome from within. Without a single blow struck or weapon raised, you have been conquered, and now the proof will manifest that you have passengers among you waiting to show themselves. This is Yah's word. Conquering, they went forth to conquer, and Chaldea bowed low before her enemies and went into servitude to a land she did not know. And every time you hear bowed low before the conquerors, bowed low before the enemies, and went to serve in a land that she did not know, this is the punishment of slavery upon this nation that the Lord has been speaking of to this servant since 2019, that there will be, we will see slavery again in the modern age, that it will not just be that slavery that everybody looked at and was bored with that was taking place in Libya because it was Africans and they were like, well, you know, if they went to swim across the people's borders and they're being auctioned off now, that is just consequences. No, this will be a... This will be a well-thought-out, well-planned-out trade. This will be business. People will be trading in people. I have not yet finished the prophecies that I have received. That God says, we will see the auction block again in the United States. Because people and their children will be on those auction blocks, being sold off as the punishment for a sinful and rebellious nation went to serve in a land she did not know means being taken to places like the original slaves left Africa and they did not know where they were going and they had no control over where they were going. God says he will take the people of the United States to the border of their lands, judge them there, and cross them over to foreign territories. And so this is the word that I have received April 16, 2023, the glory of the Chaldeans, where God is talking about the fall of a great hegemon. A hegemon is a nation that excels in so much power in all aspects and spheres that it sits across the world like a very massive statue. And God says that the height, the glory of that pride will be cut down and heaven will be a witness but heaven will not be able to bear the way that it happens, and the sky will hide its face. The sky will not want to gaze upon what the Father will bring here, do here, of his own volition. And so if you have heard this word, and you are an old subscriber especially, and you have been hearing this word for the entire time that I have been sowing and tithing my life here, then you know that this word is consistent with everything that has been written on the Master's Voice, www, the Master's Voice, I mean, www.the-masters-voice.com. I am working my way faithfully through the material that I have received from the Holy Spirit. I will do my best to finish it all. And what remains for the listener is to enter into heartfelt repentance. 
And so I'm going through these prophecies to do with judgment for slavery and also judgment for sin and rebellion. One thing that I can offer by way of, let me call it assistance, is that no matter what the crime is, if you cannot identify with a crime, you will never repent properly before God for it. And so if you know that you don't know what it is like to have your child taken from you and put in the care of someone else, and the child is shipped off somewhere, then if you cannot identify with that or empathize with that, it is not likely that you are going to see fruit in your repentance. And so this is just something to think about. I am Celestial, and this is the Master's Voice. I apologize that it's gotten dark, but sometimes I just have to power through and finish what is before me and not worry about aesthetics or worry about how things look or worry about my surroundings or if it's noisy outside. There are factors that I can control and factors that I can't control. One thing I can control is my own human spirit. Another thing that I can control is when I am doing this work, I am focused on and committed to this work and I will do it either until it's all finished, even though it is such a huge mountain, or the Lord will say, you have done enough, and then I will stop. I'm Celestial, and this is the Master's Voice. Thank you to all of you who are support to this channel and this blog. God bless you. God multiply the fruits of what you hear so that it enters into your spirit and is useful to you and your family. Until I see you again, goodbye.